0: Sunday, July eighteenth, twenty twenty one, and this is the Reawakening Tour edition of the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast.
1: Monkey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America, Steak for Breakfast. So stand by.
2: Here we are, day two,
3: Clay Clark's Reawaken America Tour, Anaheim, California. I'm Roan, and I'm here with my guest, lovely co-host Noah. What's up? How's it going? Oh, here we are again. A little less uh, hot in here today. It was warm. We're talking about the temperature, not the uh, level of guests we've interviewed so far. That was a high level. Uh, Yesterday was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, it was pretty solid. Um, There's there's a huge supportive staff here that
3: Clay Clark has put together. Um, Tanya who's one of his I guess you would call her top level assistants Has done everything in her power to try and Shuffle us Just about everyone that's come through Uh, We've talked to most Saw General Flynn yesterday He kind of walked through with his security detail Um, Exclaimed at the top of the stairs how hot as balls it was in here and basically said later Sucks losers be, you yeah and took off before he spoke but he spoke speaking again today and maybe he'll circle back uh we also saw the uh, nick's favorite speaker probably mike lindell yes came up yesterday looking as uh, disheveled as ever <laughs> And uh, you know, he was kinda hounded by the Epic Times and uh One America, but hopefully today we're gonna uh at least bring you guys some audio of him speaking. You get a little ruffled when you have a fervor for the truth. Yeah, that's that's true. So but uh we we, we had some awesome sit downs yesterday and we're looking forward to uh having some awesome sit-downs again today. So we'll uh hope that you enjoy all of these interviews that we're doing and bring in for you this week part two of episode forty nine, Steak for Breakfast Podcast and uh stay tuned.
1: Yeah. trying to tell him what's going to happen, like I do all the media. And once again, he just took it down a road here and made it about something it wasn't. And I ended the interview very abruptly. Um, and, I wasn't, and, and you guys gotta realize, normally I don't do that, but I had to get out here and speak. Um, normally, I would sit there on the phone with the media for an hour, hours at a time, you could call. I have every media outlet I think in my pocket, from Jim Acosta to uh, Swin, the Daily Beast, all of them, and they'll call me up to get a some soundbite or story, and I'll keep them on the phone for an hour, going telling them all about the cyber attack, about the election, and, they, and they, I make them go through it. I make them go watch my videos before I talk to them. So, and, and I want to tell you, there's a couple things there. You can think. I want to thank all that media because without them, we wouldn't be talking right now because that's the only, that's all I had. I didn't have Fox. Where is Fox? Does he even know where Fox is, you know? So I didn't have Newsmax. You know, we had the great OAN, but these outlets that attacked me every single day, they served a purpose, you know, just like when they attacked Donald Trump in the summer of 15. I mean, that's, you know, this is, you know, when uh, it, it rose up, what reality was, well, they attacked me every single day. They called me up, going, "Mike, you lost your Twitter account. You lost your My Pillow Twitter. Did you hear about China and the machines?" And, you know. And then I would make them listen to me for an hour before I'd answer their question. So, uh, but that's what we're in. And when, it, when, the, the, actually the interview ended when he was. I started to tell him. There's this big narrative in our country of racism is just a farce, you know. I can, it's the biggest lie, it's part of the big lie. We're trying to divide our country, and I'm gonna tell you a story, I'll tell you, I wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't gonna go back it, but I'll tell you a story. I lived in Minneapolis, the heart of Minneapolis, and I lived there for a couple, of, well, I don't know, for months, but i have been up a couple of weeks, and I'm gonna tell this story, but I'm gonna tell it a little different way. Um, I had been up, I was a crack cocaine addict, and I was, uh, I was up and I come out of the bedroom. I had have worked out for my arrest. It's been, a, been about two weeks I've been awake and wow. I walk out in the, in the room, and all three of the drug dealers, the biggest drug dealers, are standing there that control different parts of Minneapolis. And I said, what, do you guys know each other? They go, no, they knew of each other. And I said, uh, I said, well, what are you doing? He says, we're cutting you off. Um, you've been up for two weeks, and I said, I said what is this an intervention and he said call it whatever you want Mike and two of them left and I find out I find out later that one of them went down to the streets and said if you see some crazy white guy with a mustache don't sell him any crack or we'll kill you and uh, so the one guy the one guy that was stayed with me he finally fell asleep and by that time I was carpet farming scraping my pipe and, and, and uh, and he, he's, he's sound asleep now, and I sneak down to the streets of Minneapolis and I couldn't buy crack anywhere. I mean, they're coming up to me going, it's you, I'm not selling you any crack. I'm going, and then I'm offering him more money for less crack, and it didn't matter, I went out blocks and blocks. They had gotten the word out, and, and uh, I got back upstairs at 2.30 in the morning, and here's what he said to me. He goes, man, you've been telling us for years. That this my pillow thing is just a platform for God, and you're going to come back someday and help us all out of this addiction world we're living in. Now these were all black guys. I was the only white guy down there. Okay, so here's it, and I want to tell you, uh, you know, I do have, and two of them work for me now. They're born again Christians. Okay? <laughs> and I have the Lindell Recovery network.org. I'll talk that out there again. Anybody out there immersed in an addiction or whatever. But I want to tell you another story about Chicago. So I, a couple of years after I quit, I was doing an interview in Chicago, and it's a, it was a black radio station, and i am being interviewed by this gal, and she uh, and she starts in on me, and she says, uh, um, and I said, you know, tell us about you know, your experience in the inner city, I said, well, I said, I'll tell you what, I said, everybody's either addicted to drugs or dealing drugs, or affected by drugs, and she goes, you're stereotyping she made it into a black thing, and I go, and I said, listen, other than my one drug dealer's mom, who was a nice Christian lady that prayed in the corner for us, I said, that's my reality. Well, let me tell you what happened in that in Chicago. I think every person in Chicago called into that station and said, he's right, what are you talking about? And she had to have me back on her show and apologize, and uh, because it's real, you know. It's real. We're all, and that's what they're trying to do now in our country with this. Starting with the big lie, which is the big lie of this election, they're trying to divide our country, divide up Democrats and Republicans, and liberals and conservatives, black, white, yellow. It doesn't matter. Well, let me tell you about my pillow. I have 2,500 employees. Probably 500 are liberal Democrats, every race, every single race. We have a in fact, I think somebody was coming at us the other day because we didn't have enough white people. Seriously, you know? seriously, you know, it was, it was. Someone actually brought that up. They come after me for everything, you know, and um, so, and what we've become is like a big family because we know the common enemy. The common enemy is evil. The common enemy. We've been attacked by China this cyber attack. I'll tell you in a minute. And this is, uh, this is an attack. This is the people when we, when clay was just out here calling you know, these people idiots, let me tell you a lot of them a lot of them aren't idiots they've been brainwashed by the media They've been brainwashed by college professors that have told people that socialism is just having a cup of coffee with your friend. it's not it's an evil gateway to communism and that's where we're at now. And these, uh, You know, I was the media. You know that that the, the, the brainwashing they've done, and they. You know, I just did, did another one yesterday, besides this one here. And one of the ones I did yesterday, they think I'm not on to them. It's like you know, they try these little questions. I'm going, you know, <laughs> why don't you just ask me this? But you're going to hear what I have to say, and and uh, you know, let's go back and forth. Let me tell you what just happened. Um, I don't even have a slide for it. I spoke here yesterday, and I told uh, I told you all about the cyber attack, the election fraud. And, if we, and I told you back then, all the work that I did in November and December and said this had to be done by machines, right? And all the lies that came out of there, like Bill Barr saying that, uh, you know, oh, so it's a great election, there's not enough to overturn the election, you had Chris Krebs saying this. And we talked about, in the middle of the night, hundred thousand votes being dropped in Michigan. I want to pull up the first slide. I want to show you what the media did today. Um, okay, well, this is uh, this is uh, this is before what the media did. Now this is an attorney, a U.S. attorney, where Bill Barr told him not to investigate election fraud. Okay, this is what I'm going to do with my platform. I'm going to expose all the people like Bill Barr that have lied to the people. Now, Bill Barr doubled down a few months ago, and I have all my evidence coming out. Go to the next slide. Now, this was from yesterday. Yesterday, I told you all that Michigan, 100,000 votes, and there in Wisconsin on the night of the election when they froze everything because Donald Trump was going to win anyway. I want you to read what Newsweek wrote yesterday. State's final ballot certifications were delayed past election night, in part because officials had to tally a large number of mail-in ballots. Here's the part of the big lie. Guess what? The mail-in ballots were counted on the morning of the third. They lied. The ones that were counted in the middle of the night on the fourth were the made-up ballots. I will say this, there was one state which counted them the whole week, and that was Pennsylvania, because they broke so many constitutional laws. So they could count. They had 1.7 million mail-in votes, but they saved 2.4 million after the week was up got mailed in. Uh, to 700,000 votes they needed. Donald Trump had a million-vote lead, you know. But we're on to, I'm just showing you what the media does to brainwash. This is what they're doing. They're brainwashing you, there's racism. They're brainwashing you, there's no election fraud. It's brainwash, brainwash, brainwash. And what's the third slide? I even forgot what that is. Oh, here's one, okay. It's Mike Lindell and Steve Bannon. Now this is true, now this is true. Okay, they finally told the truth. This is what, no, this is what I have to do to, to get my word out. And you know why? Fox won't cover anything, everybody. The other night, Tucker kind of dipped over to the election thing, right? Now you got the great things going on in Arizona that's coming up. Fox should be all over that. They should be I- issuing the biggest apology in world history because they called it the Arizona. I apologize to the country, to Arizona, to the people, everybody. And I said that MSNBC, and to rather watch MSNBC, at least they badmouth me. These other states, they badmouth it and they say stuff. They'll leak it out unintentionally. You know, Mike Lindell's a racist, but you know he's having a cyber symposium on, on August 10th, 11th, or 12th. We you know it's good. You, do you know, and I'm going to tell you how bad it is. On Facebook, the Facebook fact checker, his name is Alan Duke. Okay, there's called Lead Stories. Terrible, terrible uh, 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 entity, Lead Stories. They cover up, when I came up with Absolute Proof, he put a cover up It says, contains nudity and porn. Yeah. Okay? This is what they do, all the fake news. Now my channel, LindellTV.com. we just put up this yesterday. We put that up there and put fake news, okay? So it's fake news before you even know it's fake news. Now, FrankSpeech.com, he hasn't covered that up yet, by the way, you all got to keep watching that. Come on. I'm going to tell you, on, uh, on FrankSpeech.com, when I put up, this was just last week, and I announced, one of the most historical event, events in history, which will be that cyber symposium, all I did was announce it on the 10th, 11th, and 12th, not available to public, All all cyber forensic experts, all the media, and all the politicians. You know what Alan Duke did? He put up a sign over it that said, fake fake news. Like, I'm not going to have the symposium? I mean, this is what we're up against. This is incredible. The brainwashing and the stuff with the media. But what we've learned from all of this is is we've learned so much when we get through this. I was just talking to my friend General Flynn. We're going... (laughs) all this everybody and uh, which we will the you know there's so much hope I'm here to tell you but when we get through it there's a lot more to it than just getting Donald Trump back in by this fall easy okay? that's gonna happen and now he says fall, okay? (laughs) But I'm not retracting. The thing I'm telling you is everyone's going to watch that symposium on the 10th, 11th, and 12th of August on frankspeech.com. You need to tell everybody you know that televised event we're going to have Billions. I want to have billions of people. It should be the most televised event ever because we're showing everybody what I've seen. Once you see what I've seen, you're going, to, you know, you all believe it because you, a lot of you want to believe it. Plus, we know logically it's true because we're smart people. I mean, it's a, a hello. That, of course it happened. And we're not brainwashed. But the interesting thing is 30% of Democrats now believe that it was a cyber attack on our country because the numbers are staggering. So if you get, by, by having this event, everyone that watches it, because it's non-subjective evidence, it's not subjective, a packet capture, these guys are heroes that captured the whole election. If they didn't capture it, we'd be sitting here and we would have to get every state done by audits, like the cor- courageous Arizona's doing. I, with a packet captures, you don't need that. When Arizona comes out, they're gonna go, it's gonna match what we, what we already have, okay? So just to know, that's what I've had. I have validated, validated, validated. Everyone said, Mike, why didn't you do this three months ago? Bring it to the Supreme Court. Because I couldn't. There's a lot of reasons I couldn't. One of them is they probably wouldn't have looked at it then. But we, when, we, when you have a millions, hundreds of millions of people now that see this evidence on the 10th, 11th, 12th of August, these people, they're nine people. They have families. they lived the American dream like we all have. They've lived the American dream. They have families. They have friends. I don't care what political side they're on. So when this gets to them, they're there to protect our country. And it's going to them, the states of the plaintiffs, it's a quo warranto. In every other election in United States history, if you find a crime committed, the other person gets put back in. It's, that, you know, it's common sense. And that's, But it's never happened at the presidential level. And you add to this that it was China involved in this. You guys are going to see all this. We're going to lay it out for you, those 72 hours. You need to tell everyone to watch this. But as I was saying, so when they, when, the, when it gets to the Supreme Court, I believe they will pull it down 9 0. Um, and our great President Donald Trump will be off. Like, back in office. Back to what I was talking to General Flynn about. It, it, the, the aftermath of this, okay. When we get out there, we're gonna get out to this beautiful place, but to get to that beautiful place, it's not just Donald Trump going back in office. What, when you get a deviation of this magnitude, and I call it deviations, you needed a different input to get a different output. This, a deviation of this size, the biggest crime in, his, in history, because it's a crime against the world. What happens here, it's going to the world, it's over. So, when this gun unfolds, what did we learn from this? You know, this was on God's timing, everybody. Yeah. We learned what? These brainwashed people that went through our colleges that said, uh, you know, socialism good. They're learning now going, no, it's not too good. It's yeah. it's evil. Yeah. And then we've learned where the corrupt politicians are. I could name a few, but I won't name. Oh, yeah, I yeah, will. Doug Ducey, Brian Cameron, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Rassenberger. Brad Rassenberger, Um you got your Jack Dorsey's, you got your Mark Zuckerbergs. All these people have bubbled up. These people have, to, they have to explaining to do. Maybe I'll give them a break and I'll say, okay, they're not going to prison for too long. Um, yeah. But I will say, they've got some explaining to do to the American people. You know, you go to Arizona, but they're trying, the evidence is already there. These people have explaining to do. Why did they obstruct? Why did they try and stop you all from seeing the evidence? You know, we understand why Dominion and Smartmatic obstructed because they were part of it. Were these guys either part of it or or what? That's what we need to know. And these will be the aftermath. We're going to, and I will tell you, there are things that have to happen when we're all, all, it's going to be a great uniting of our country. Black, white, Democrats, Republicans, everybody. It will be the famous, the famous uniting in history. We elect politicians for the people. Well, we've gotten away with that for 50 years. I don't care which party it was. And we've gotten away from that. Now we know. I know I got thrown into this political thing uh, back in the summer of 2016 when Donald Trump invited me to meet him in a private meeting. Since that day, I'm going, wow, politics affects everything we do, every single thing. And I'll tell you, if you go to... I'll bring you to a happy spot of December of 2019. It was Merry Christmas. All of us have got, it was great. Everybody was uh, um, celebrating. Uh, economy was an all-time high. Consumer confidence. Entrepreneurs were pursuing the American dream because they had a safety net of a job. People went out with no fear. It was amazing. And, but and they certainly weren't looking for a praying about it. They were looking for God because things were so great. But to get us to that point, We got there by political decisions, even if you didn't like Donald Trump. Decisions were made. He has a gift of problem, solution, and what will they manifest to. That's what our – to help all people, not just some people, okay? Not just some people. And he had done done more for the church, more for Christianity, more for blacks, more for Hispanics than any president in history. But these were – these were common sense solutions, everybody. These were common sense solutions. Now I see how really politics should be easy if you've got a smart businessman or a smart person and go, okay, here's a problem, here's a solution. But you better know what it's gonna manifest to to help people. Now what I've learned in what we have now, and we're all seeing it come, come popping up in both sides, uh, is they have political agendas or personal agendas. That's it. I can count on one hand Donald Trump and maybe five other politicians I met that are 100 percent for the people, all people, all people. So we gotta elect, we gotta have a we gotta have a new election process. Which, by the way, we're gonna reveal that on the symposium on the 12th. We're gonna reveal a way where there's no machines, that we can't have, out vaccines. I just want to say in closing, the um, you know, I want everyone, what you all can do, and this is the world, you all need to watch, and I'm saying this, and this is the most important dates in history for right now, for a time such as this, That the 10th, 11th, and 12th of August, I'm telling you, you need to tell everyone, we're going to live stream it from FrankSpeech.com. There'll be all other media there too, but we're going to live stream at 72 hours. So your friends can tune in anytime. Anytime they tune in, I'm going to have cameras going. They can see for themselves, they can hear it. The media is going to be going to the cyber guys, going, this can't be true. Really? What is this? Um, Donald Trump won 80 million to 68 million. And also, people keep asking me today, did he win California? People keep asking me. Okay you want me to wait till August? <laughs> okay, the answer, this is going to be a subjective answer, but it's the best answer I can give you. If you take the machines, if you take that of that fraud out of the picture, he still loses by a little bit. But I call it that's the machine fraud. That's the cyber attack. Now there was something I call the organic theft. This is what Donald Trump wins all those other swing states on anyway. That's dead people voting, illegals voting, non-residents voting, uh, minors voting, people with seven ballots voting. That's the organic theft, okay? If you add that into California, I believe Donald Trump won the state of California. <laughs> And now the media going to call me all day tomorrow, and I can tell them about China attacking our country through the machine. <laughs> uh, and, and in closing, I just want to tell you all, this is, uh, for me, it's been, it's been all of you, my faith in God has given me, you know, I go out with no fear. My company, my 2,500 employees, they all thank each and every one of you, the support you've all given us. But most of all, is all of you, and all of our country for that matter. And when they see me or whatever, they're going, keep going, you have the platform. I'm speaking for all of
4: you. I have the platform, and I'm not giving up for that. now They're doing you
1: One thing, everybody. This is as you remember when I spoke from the Rose Garden and I said a nation had turned its back on God. And I said we need to spend time reading our Bibles and get back with our families and getting back in the Word. I meant that. If God gives us grace and gives us His second chance. All of you, we have to get you have to not just not just pray and get the word, but get out and disciple for Jesus and make it the greatest revival in
5: history. Thank you.. Well,
3: joining us today, we're at day two of the uh, Reawaken America Tour. Hosted by uh, Mr. Clay Clark, we have Miss Anna Kate. Welcome to Steak for Breakfast.
5: Hey guys, so nice to be here. How Welcome. you doing?
3: So, what compelled you to uh, jump on this awesome event that's going on across the country right now?
5: Well, when Clay reached out, I, I thought this is an amazing conference. It, it was originally called Faith and Freedom. Yep. And it's all about talking about the Lord revival in this country, how it's going to save this country. And also about, uh, actually it was health and freedom yeah, and the importance of knowing the truth about what's going on with the vaccines, the doctors, the nurses. And so I I, I was like, okay, well, what am I doing on there? But, um, he wanted me to talk about Marxism and and some of my past and my, what my family has been through and just anything else that, you know, the Lord puts on my heart, which is my testimony about Jesus
3: oh, that's that's really good why don't you give our audience a little insight into some of that stuff you just alluded to regarding your own personal situation
5: sure well I was born in the Soviet Union my family brought me here when I was four years old and um, I was always a very apolitical I was when I got older I be, became a professional poker player mm-hmm. I got on the show Survivor yep. and when I got back in 2015 um, my whole world kind of caved in. I was realized I was very miserable. I was unhappy. I felt like what I was watching in the media was fake. I felt like I was being lied to. I ended up going down the rabbit hole with it, finding out information. And then I just asked God, listen, Lord, there's like a Luciferian system that is trying to veer its nasty head in this country. And I'm seeing the push of Marxism, which I always heard from my family growing up, that it's evil, communism is right. evil. So I'm starting to recognize it in, the, in, in this country. And I said, well, there are Satanists out there. If Satanists are real, that means Satan is real. Mm-hmm. and if Satan is real. That means God is real. And I said, Lord, I want to know you. If you're God, the God of the universe, show me you're real because I was an atheist at the time. And the Lord touched me in a very special way, I had an encounter with him that was so incredible. I can tell you right now, Jesus is alive and well, he is God almighty. He's amazing. He changed my life. And I for some reason had a passion for politics and he just kind of pushed me out there and I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Um, And I feel like most of it is just to warn this country of the perils of Marxism and the stages of it. Mm -hmm. Because we're not, in this country it's being implemented as a very much Antonio Gramsci approach. Uh, It's very, who is a well-known Italian communist that the left knows about but the right doesn't know about. So uh, for example, Antonio Gramsci from the 30s, he wrote massive books on how to implement communism. And the way you do it, he said, don't do it as Lenin did. Lenin used a very violent revolution right. and then re-educated people. He said, no, 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 no. You do it peacefully. You have a re-education first. Okay. You you indoctrinate them, you radicalize them, you militarize them, and then they have a violent revolution. And you you train them you know, in their stages and you you in, in infiltrate at every level. Right. Schools, the constitution, the forefathers. and." And so it oh, sounds
3: like uh, a lot of the stuff that's going on right now.
5: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And he was brilliant. He was nefariously demonically right. brilliant because he said with the way that you take over a country and turn it into a communist country, you have to find out what is the most important parts of that country. For example, in Italy it's the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Well, look at that. It's infiltrated yeah. in America. What is it? It's, it's the constitution. It's God. Right, and it's our rights. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the it's, it's the Constitution, the, the Bill of Rights, and 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 the forefathers and God, and that's exactly what the left has come after, and and every single level. So, it, they're implementing a very communist approach, and it's a it's a, it's a Gramsci approach.
3: Yeah, no, it's one hundred percent very accurate, and and definitely goes in line with a lot of the stuff that we're seeing in our country today. There's a lot of racial division. There's a lot of indoctrinating children at the lowest and youngest levels possible to not only uh, kind of teach and, and and implant seeds of hate in them, but to teach them that they're hated as well. So it's like, not only do you hate yourself, but then you hate everybody else. You're trying to spread out and thin all demographics of the population as much as possible to where they may become at some point government reliant. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Kind of a little test run with COVID, making people just get free money over and over and over again, and then feel like they don't have to go to work because the free money they're getting was better than the money they were getting while they weren't working.
5: Yeah. I I was actually just in a restaurant right now for breakfast, Uh and the food was taking an hour, almost and a half to come out. And I'm like, what is going on here? They said, and then the the waitress came out and said, we apologize. We only have two cooks in the kitchen because the rest of them are enjoying their unemployment Hmm. COVID checks. And Mm. I said, "Uh aha. And apparently it's all over the place.
3: Delicious COVID checks. Oh, that's California for you. Yeah. Um, The
5: laziness. And you know what? In the Bible, it says, the lazy come to not. hmm. A little sleep, a little slumber, and you will come go into poverty. Yeah. And so they're just asking for it.
0: Well, I think the most interesting thing is, is like you have family that's from a region that yeah. has communism. yeah, And the left refuses to listen to people like you that have a direct insight to it or people that came from a communist country that are, you know, basically just jumping up and down on the hood of their car, waving their arms, trying to be like, hey, guys, this is uh, not a good thing.
5: Exactly. And and they just
0: refuse to listen.
5: And they're elevating Bernie Sanders, who, by the way, is not a socialist. <laughs> no. He's a communist. Yes. When he talks about the breadlines, my mother was on a bread line for years when I was a child. She would stand in the middle of the winter. I don't think
0: there's anything wrong with the bread lines.
5: There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's for against the rich. No, you're a moron. Yeah. It's, it's it's to keep everybody poor and dependent and miserable. My mom was on those bread lines for eight to nine hours every single week in the dead of winter a lot of times, obviously, because it's freezing in, in Russia. So yeah.
3: like the legit, the legit file photos, yeah.
5: yeah. And she got to the end of the line many weeks, and there was no more eggs, no more rice, no no more food. And so my sister remembers picking in the garbage for food. I mean, that's how desperate it, it was. And it's 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 better now, but it's still very much a communist country. You don't have freedom of, you know, freedom of political affiliation. You really don't get to vote. Putin wins and, and that's it. And uh, it's crazy to see it here where we came here for freedom and and opportunities, which thank God the Lord has given. But I can't even talk about, and I do anyway, my political affiliation without being attacked. I can't talk about my religion without being attacked. Mm-hmm. And I'm still going to talk because this is America and I will exercise my right. And my mom was telling me, she's like, Anna, don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion. you're going to get killed. I was like, Mom, this is not the Soviet Union. <laughs> this is America. I'm going to exercise my right. And not if I yet. shut up, right. it's going it's to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah.
3: For the meantime. Yeah. It's so funny Almost that there. now that we have Anna on, she's probably one of our most uh, celebrity prominent guests who kind of have a compelling story about coming from, you know, your family from, from getting out of communism and stuff like that. But we've also had on Bella, Natalie Denise, we've had on Axia, Geisha Montez, Yolati, they've all come on. And every time they kind of get into their family situation, whether it be Romania, whether it be Cuba, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, yep. All sounds the same. Red lines, death, despair, government control. good. No yeah.
5: rights, no human rights.
3: Nothing good at all. It's it's just kind of uh, pretty funny how that all doesn't matter where you come from in your corner of the world, what you bring to the table as far as the actual story of it seems to, you know, reign supreme.
5: And and what we need to do is send the left to go experience Cuba <laughs> for like an hour. Well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll trade, I'll trade a lot of
0: my left people for a bunch of those guys over there waving oh. American flags anyway. Seriously.
5: I'm telling you, immigrants understand. They understand. And they a lot of them fight for this country Yeah. because they know. They're like, no, we came here for freedom. Don't let it go to waste. Like This is country is worth fighting for. I don't care if I get killed in the process. No, it's, it's worth true. fighting for it, and giving your life for.
3: It's funny that the head of DHS right now, Alejandro Mayorkas, is uh, refusing uh, Cuban refugees trying to come over by boat when his mother who was a Romanian citizen, escaped Nazi Germany, went to Cuba, and when the communists took over, she got on a raft and immigrated to the United States. And now he's refusing the same people how, he, how he's here from coming in, and that's the head of DHS right now. Um, one other thing I want to touch on before we let you go, uh, you've talked about the spiritual revival that's going on in these things. So many of our guests that have come on over the last day have talked about, and, and we've kind of... Uh, collaborated on the fact is there's so many patriots out there. There's so many conservatives. There's so many people that even though they might not be super political, they just love this country. They love the values. They love having a family, uh, working hard for a paycheck and experiencing the American dream. And they're scattered and they're beat up over the last five, six, seven years throughout the Trump presidency and stuff like that. And they need to know that places like this, events like this are going on and that it's okay and that people are supporting you and loving you. How can you talk about how that experience is kind of all tied into this for you.
5: Yeah, well, I love that. I want to say that, you know, God chose Israel mm-hmm. and America chose God. Mm-hmm. America, God did not forget about the covenant that our forefathers made with God when they created America. Um, George Washington made a covenant with God. He said, Lord, if we win this revolutionary war, I will dedicate this country unto you. Mm-hmm. And God has not forgotten that. And so he's not going to let this country go to hell in a handbasket, which is what the communists want to do in this country. Right. We're, we're seeing it now, but the Lord is preparing us and showing us and let, and let me tell you with COVID and what's happening in the stolen election, many people are starting to realize wait a second what's going on mm-hmm. during COVID? i mean I, I praise god for my platform the lord gave me my platform and i want to use it for his glory because there's so many people the past year reached out atheist agnostics saying anna you know what, i'm starting to think god is real i led so many people to jesus i started a the lord had me start a prayer call and 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 just elevate people and encourage them and all that and so many people have been reaching out to god and god said when you humble yourself mm-hmm. And you seek my face and you pray. I will hear your voice from heaven and I will heal your land. Many people have been humbled under COVID where they thought, you know, we got our life under control. I can watch my movie. I got my sports. I'm good. I'm going to take my Sunday to enjoy football instead of honoring God. The Lord does not like that. And he's humbled this nation to the point where we're like, God, we need you. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? Our football's turned off. Our shows are turned off. Wait, 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 wait. I, I can't even go to work. And God had to get us to a place. So it doesn't it doesn't mean that God is behind the evil, mm-hmm. but the Lord allows certain things that the enemy has planned to wake us up, right. to get us prepared. Because this is a little microcosm of the book of Revelation, which mm-hmm. we're not there yet. The enemy's trying to push the book of Revelation too early on the devil's time. But God has his own time for a glorious time in this country. And we're, we're in like the, we're, we're almost there. We're like over the hump of the demonic, because I do believe that their communist approach here, it's gonna fail. Oh yeah. It's gonna fail and it's not gonna be because of men doing, it's gonna be because God is gonna pour out on this country. There's a promised great harvest, a third great harvest that people, billions of people around the world will find Jesus before his return and everything goes like really bad right before his return. Yeah. And so um, this is a really exciting time. I, I know looking at you know, what's going on, but the Bible says we walk not by sight, we walk by faith and I know what God has spoken. And so I'm like, Lord, you're going to do it. Trump is going to be back eventually. Yep. It's going to happen. Well, I'm not talking about 2024 until we fix 2020. when right. me say that. No, same, so same here. It looks impossible, but I'm like, no, Lord, I know what you said. You said two terms for this president and all your your rightful prophets have said the same thing and they not have they have not backed down. They double down. So I'm like, Lord, it's all on you to save this country, because let me tell you, Donald Trump as much as I love him, he's not my savior.
3: No, exactly. That's that's one of the key points that we try to save out. He's he's kind of a, he's like a, he's like a representation of the movement, but yes. he is not the movement.
5: Yes, and he can't do it alone. No. When he got in there, everyone's like, okay, we're done praying. Okay, we're good. We're, he's going to save the world. Uh, we have to keep praying for him. Are you kidding me? The look at the attacks on his life. I mean, many people don't know how many attacks were on it. There was like over 24 attempts, oh, assassination sure. attempts on his life.
3: Yeah, and look at the team that he's kind of collaborated with now. I mean, all of these heavy hitters. We just heard Mike Lindell over in the sanctuary going hard on everybody and everything. General Flynn last night, you know, we've seen the, you were at the one in Oklahoma where Sidney Powell and Jim yeah. Caviesel and, and, Wood. Uh, oh my gosh, we've played the <laughs> Linwood's audio on this show so many times. Which, yeah.
5: which by the way, listen, I love Linwood. I was like standing there. Someone like sent me a picture like, Anna, you're doing the Illuminati sign. I'm like, what? Like, this is how I hold my hands. Like I hold my hands like, They're like, you were doing like an Illuminati side. I'm like, oh my God. Oh that stuff gets viral. So God
3: God forbid you ever sit there like this and everybody's gonna be like, oh my god, you see what she's doing with her hands?
5: And they're like, she's Illuminati, oh my God, she's Mossad, She's a Russian spy. It's actually Illuminati.
3: Illuminati. See, I can't even pronounce it right. See? (laughs) Send it to the Illuminati. But
5: amen, you know, human trafficking and all that. Um, He's brave.
3: No, yeah, I mean he's people were talking about it yesterday. Yeah, (laughs) he's recently woken up to kind of not the Lord, but everything, how it ties together. And he's on fire he
5: is god is using him in a mighty way and he he just found the lord also you know who else i've been praying for who got found the lord roger stone
3: oh that's awesome we're trying to hook up with him today i've been talking to his assistant for a couple months he's an awesome guy He is. so hopefully he'll be speaking of trump two terms roger stone will kind of link back up with him beforehand because from since the 70s he's been a part of every presidential campaign that's been successful except 2020 so due to some stuff that was going on but uh hopefully they link back up and uh you know get them over the finish line when they fix 2020 out right now yeah
5: well i want to say one thing before before uh, we go i want to say guys jesus is awesome listen i was an atheist my whole life i i literally was always like look at these dumb christians there's no god he doesn't exist i was a complete rebel and i had a radical encounter with jesus many many times he told me things that happened in my life to the T when I got saved. So I want to tell you, it's really simple to accept the Lord. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter. He does not hold it against you. He doesn't want to judge. He just wants to forgive you. He's full of mercy and grace and it overflows. And it's very simple. You just say, Jesus, forgive me my sins. Come into my heart. I want to know you and he will change your life. He literally a 180 in my life. I was full of anxiety, depression. I'm so full of joy and peace and happiness, and it's all glory to him. He will change your life. And just give him a chance. Give him You've given Satan a chance for a long time. A I long didn't even time. know it, that Satan <laughs> was in control of my life. And then I gave God a chance. Ch- I was like, you know what? Let me see what you can do. Totally like, mind-blown me and what he's done. And so I give him the glory. It's not about me. It's it's about him. Right. So he's really good, we're, and he loves you.
3: We're going to link you everywhere um, on our page where we, we're on all the podcasting and you know social media platforms but do you want to let everybody know audially where uh, sure. we can find you
5: yeah you can find me on Anacate.com. that's under construction though you can find me on Twitter Anna Kate. um K-H-A-I-T is my last name uh, and real AnnaKate on Instagram and YouTube
3: and YouTube. I'm back
5: on YouTube. They, they took me down because I was talking about child trafficking. Yeah, there you go. I got two strikes. I'm holding on. But I'm going to keep ministering the gospel because that's how I got saved through YouTube.
3: And you are reaching, you know, <laughs> thousands and thousands of people. Miss Anna Kate, thank you for stopping by today. Thanks,
5: guys. Yeah, thank you. Bless you.
3: All right, we're sitting down right now with Dr. Shannon Croner. Uh, she spoke yesterday at the um, Reawaken America Tour here, the Clay Clark event. And she's sitting down with us now. Welcome to Stay for Breakfast.
6: Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm great
3: little bit cooler in here than it was yesterday
0: so still hot right still (laughs) extremely warm (laughs) we got lucked out we're right by this uh cool box thing it's pretty good yesterday we were not yeah there was nothing cool about this box we're in
3: so we've heard some really interesting testimonies on everyone who uh has come by our table to talk to us for the last two days uh when clay reached out to you how how did you respond and uh what was your motivation behind it
6: So I actually spoke at the Tulsa event, Okay. Um, Clay and I have been speaking for about a year now. Uh, I've been on his show a couple times. He's
3: awesome. He was on ours.
6: Yeah. And so when he asked me, it was a definite Mm -hmm. yes. There's no way I would say no to what he's been putting together. Clay is, I think, single-handedly really like saving America right now with his tour. He's doing
3: a heck of a job doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And what is it that you're here speaking about over the weekend?
6: So I have a nonprofit organization that I started in 2019 okay. where I've been building um, a coalition of faith leaders. It's an interfaith coalition. I work with a lot of pastors, rabbis, uh, Buddhist monks, and all of them are uniting to protect the religious freedom of vaccine choice. Mm-hmm. The organization is called For Us, which stands for Freedom of Religion United Solutions, and um, the website is forunitedsolutions.org. Okay. And um, on the website, we've made it very easy for people to get religious vaccine exemptions. Our legal team has put together a pretty foolproof uh, religious exemption to help people stay in college, keep their jobs, travel, and so on. Military. So military is what I'm working on next. Oh, so I've got perfect. really, I like really big plans for the military. I've been, uh, a, let me tell you, I get emails from military all the time um, wanting my help. And so right now I'm, I'm working on that. So hopefully in the next like month or so, I will have something for the military.
3: That's good. Well, you say you're doing all of this work. We think it's awesome. That's kind of the narrative on this show that we believe the vaccine was created as an alternative method to things that actually work. We've had so many doctors on here, uh, everybody from Dr. Bartnett to Stella Emanuel over the last two days who have kind of gave us their testimony and all this stuff. We have to ask you, there has to be some pushback from different entities coming from every direction. How's that struggle been in regards to trying to get these exemptions for uh, people through, um, you know, the religious side of it.
6: Well, in terms of social media, I keep getting deplatformed. Imagine uh, that. You know, well, I'm that's, constantly, their, that's their strongest
0: weapon is right. silence.
6: Yeah, I'm constantly silenced and censored. Um, I just my Instagram account was just deleted a few weeks ago. Ours mm. too.
3: The big yeah. purge weekend. Yeah. So
6: that's I would say that's the biggest pushback, you know, from the, the big people. Um, but you know, I the all the faith leaders that I work with, they're Completely on board with uh, the religious freedom of vaccine choice.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's something I want to touch on. We we come to events like this, and we've heard so many speakers either on the TV who are or who have come over to our our booth over the weekend, or what we saw speak in the sanctuary, and they always talk about Americans of all races, colors, you know, all the things that the government and uh, international entities are trying to do to kind of separate the United States with the implementation of Marxism and communism and socialism. Um, you go to events like this, and it's it's hard to find two people that really look the same. I mean, you have every different kind of everything here, and it's just one big. The reasons that they're here may be different. They may be really hard on the vaccines. They may be really hard on the election was stolen. You know, they might just be big General Flynn or Mike Lindell fans. But at the end of the day, they're all here because they love this country. They love the values, what it was founded on, and they don't want to see it either be destroyed or disappear. Um, how is it like? on a level like a spiritual level working with all these different kinds of uh, religious leaders and bringing them together to kind of you know unite in in a patriotic way to uh, help out Americans who are really feeling pressured to do something that may kill them right now
6: it's actually it's a really beautiful thing just personally I get um, different emails and phone calls from Mm -hmm. rabbis and pastors and imams and monks that are just reaching out wanting to know how they can help their churches or their monasteries and um I just, you know, despite whatever their religious differences are on other topics, right. they, the people who reach out to me, they can all agree that we have our First Amendment rights, it's number one, our first freedom is freedom of religion, and they want to do what they can do to preserve that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that probably all those different sects can agree on is that if it's not literally satan the way they describe it in in their religion. It's something very evil, the great deceiver, the this, that, and the other thing. And and a lot of that ties back to uh, stuff that's going on with the vaccine. Oh, definitely. So we've had uh, everyone from Clay to all the doctors we've talked to this weekend break it down about some of the stuff that's in the vaccine, what some of the stuff in the vaccine is named, what some of the patent numbers are, and kind of like the writings on the wall. So um, before we let you go, I, I know you gave it in the beginning, but can you give us your name one more time and then your website? Because there's a lot of people out there who are you see people like reaching for fake vaccine cards. You see people that are like quitting their jobs or maybe leaving their careers that they've really invested in for a long time. And they need to know that there's other avenues that they can um, go down. And there's people out there like you who are out here to support them.
6: Let me just tell you um, that your listeners, mm-hmm. you have to be brave and you mm-hmm. have to stand up to protect your bodies because I have a family member who he didn't want to create waves with his work and I, offered and begged to help him use our religious vaccine exemption and he put off getting the vaccine for as long as he could until he was really pressured by work and so two weeks ago he buckled and got the vaccine instead of creating you know whatever kind of tension he would have at work using an exemption and now he's fighting for his life he ended up getting um, blood clots in his legs. This was only 2 weeks ago and now he had he had blood clots in his legs that went to his lungs. He is on oxygen and blood thinners and really fighting for his life. So
3: I'm really sorry to hear that. Who, That's awful. Whoever
6: is listening right now, like do not be scared to stand up for your rights. We have a constitution. We have a civil rights act that protects religious, you know, your religion mm-hmm. You cannot be discriminated against. So um, I really I'm just telling people that they they need to stand up, they need to be brave uh, and protect themselves. And um, my name is Dr. Shannon Croner, and the website is forunitedsolutions.org.
3: Yeah, we're going to definitely link this in uh, this episode when it airs, um, probably by midweek this week, and I can guarantee you... You will be getting a lot of traffic from our corner of the woods. because yeah, I have a feeling I know some people. Every, everybody from one of our hosts all the way up to a lot of our listeners have expressed the same fears and concern every time they come on the show, even more some of the prominent, like, famous guests. Yeah. If they're not 100% against it, they have a really big uh, apprehension about because of their career and this messing it up and their family and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was really awesome that we got to sit down with you today, and uh, we wish you the best in your continuing fight for this.
6: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, thank you.
3: All right. Joining us now is Dr. Eric Naputi, and uh, he's at the uh, he's live, and he's going to tell us a little bit about himself. Thanks for joining us on State for <laughs> Record, sir.
7: <laughs> right on. I appreciate that. So, uh, first of all, great to be with you guys. Uh, excited to talk to your audience about what we got going on. So, obviously, we're we're here at the uh, uh, reopen, uh, reawaken America tour mm-hmm. with Clay Clark the and the and the crew here in California. Uh, so, I'm one of the. F- most people know me as one of the first doctors that's kind of come out and talked like, right. "Hey, this was not COVID is not as big of a deal as what we thought it was." Okay, uh, talking about prevention, talking about treatment, talking about early treatments that people should be doing. Uh, I come from a pretty unique background. I've got um, 20 years of private practice. Uh, I own multiple practices. I they're all my offices are all family. Uh, uh, preventative wellness practice, right? So I've got medical doctors, chiropractors, nurse practitioners, et cetera. And I also um, am pretty big in the healthcare system. We own part of a hospital system and, and a couple urgent cares that we affiliate with and et cetera. But I also own a nutritional manufacturing facility. And when COVID first came out, we started talking about, hey, what are some things that people should be doing as a preventative, right? Right. Not just for COVID, but for flu-like illnesses, Uh because that's what this is. So what can we do to help minimize the suffering of our patients? Because we know the blowback that we were going to be getting if we prescribed hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, all that. So we said, all right, let's go from a non-narcotic standpoint, what can we do naturally to help our people? Well, we started saying, hey, high dose vitamin D, high dose zinc, high dose C, all the common sense things that if you look on television, they talk about take air born yeah, or emergency good you. they're good for you well apparently the federal government didn't agree with that hmm. so in i don't know if you guys know this but in december of 2020 when president trump signed this giant 3000 plus page omnibus bill that was a covid uh or was it the covid um, uh uh oh gosh, what was it? Relief bill, Mm -hmm. right? And we found out like half that money ended up not even going to American citizens and et cetera. It was a huge joke. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There was a five sentence paragraph in that bill that nobody read called the Consumer COVID Protection Act. And basically what it said was anybody that uses COVID uh, during the pandemic uses a, a false evidence appearing real fear to try to profit that they should be punished. I agree 100% with that. I think that's an absolutely great thing. Well, the federal government didn't like the fact that I was talking about vitamin D and zinc, and they came after me. By the way, guys, just so you know, I gave away for free 2 million bottles of vitamin D and zinc to people all across the country because it was the right thing to do and yeah. I own a nutritional company and it was we're just trying to help do our part so long story short we they sued us in uh April of 2021 we're the first doctors that they ever came after about
0: this they sued you for they sued me for the doing the, the, good they, things
7: exactly hmm. well okay. I mean and what's interesting is when my my lawyers read the suit and they're one of my attorneys that read it is a, a, a former retired Missouri governor he goes so the federal government is literally spending millions of dollars of taxpayers money going after a doctor who has the right to prescribe nutrients to his patients and they're suing you for eight million dollars this doesn't seem like the right appropriation of taxpayer funds this is a little silly what's there's got to be something else nefarious going on here i said well here's the deal and this is the truth behind this the reason why ivermectin hydroxychloroquine vitamin d zinc all these other things cannot be recognized as a treatment uh, prevention, cure, whatever you want to call it, which we've never said the word cure for COVID is because the vaccines are right now underneath the emergency use authorization. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that, yeah. but they're not licensed full licensed drugs. And there's a 17 point criteria that must be checked off in order for the, the FDA to give approval to Moderna, Pfizer, J and J for that. And one of those check marks is there cannot be another option, another option. And even if you recognize D and zinc and C as whatever as a, as an option to reduce suffering because If you look at the emergency use authorization, it says that the vaccines do not stop the spread of SARS-CoV-2. They're not transmission stoppers because they don't go after the virus. They attack the spike protein. Well, if they recognize something that could reduce symptoms other than the vaccine, then they would lose their emergency use authorization. Yep. That's why they're coming after us with guns ablazing on it. So so they stand story.
0: to lose a bunch of money, basically.
7: Uh, trillions of dollars. Yeah. Their golden cow would be taken away immediately. And, and I, we even said to them, we said, listen, we have no, we don't, I don't care about any of that. I'm a, I'm a doctor. I'm just trying to help my patients get some hope and some relief and some some help. Like I took an oath. I swore on a Bible when I became a doctor to first do no harm. And you want to talk about a major doing of harm is doing nothing. Yeah. I mean still to this day if you guys go and I go and then we get diagnosed with COVID-19 you know what they tell us to do go home uh take a Tylenol if you if you don't feel well and just pray that it doesn't get worse right. that's literally after spending 8 trillion dollars on COVID that's the solution we've got because the only thing that they want to push is this vaccine so that's kind of where we're at so we actually pushed back against the federal government they wanted to walk away and separate from it obviously for good reasons right because it's just stupid so anyway we um sued them back filed sanctions against them so now i'm a doctor that's suing the federal government for taking away my first amendment freedom of speech for um, for basically interfering with my doctor patient relationship and by the way how many how many lives were hurt by this right by not oh, yeah. being able to talk about what you can and can't do you know how many people have come up i'm talking. Hundreds of thousands of people have emailed, called, and came up to us and said, "Listen, here's the deal. If we wouldn't have listened to you and other doctors that were giving us solutions, we would be hopeless, depressed, and didn't, wouldn't even know where to turn right now." And that's so—that's where we're at. So it, it's just—it's—it's it's insane. If you would have told me—if you would have told me two years ago that I would be getting sued by the federal government for talking about <laughs> vitamins, I'd be like, "You're smoking something. Let me try it because yeah. it doesn't make any sense."
0: You better sue Amazon for selling them.
3: Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So I want to—I want to read something that, that came out over the last 24 hours. Okay. Um, this is from the uh, official WhiteHouse.gov website, and this is from the mouth of Miss Jen Psaki. Okay, mm. this ought to be good. Yeah, circle the, back. Right, some of the misinformation is doing and misleads the publicly to falsely mm. alleging that mRNA vaccines are untested and thus risky, even though many of them are approved, or and have gone through the gold standard of the FDA approval process. One hundred percent complete lie.
7: Wait, what? <sighs> no, this is this is. You're one hundred percent right. Yeah. So, so listen to this, and, and a lot of people don't. For whatever reason, people just aren't read as, as well read anymore. I mean there was a there was a novel that was produced by Orwell in nineteen eighty four that talks about this very same thing. It's sure called was. one of the things they talked about was called Doublespeak. So so I could punch you in the face and you would go, I can't believe that you used your face to hurt my fist. I mean it's like, are you kidding right now? Right. That's what the federal government's doing. The um, Surgeon General came out on Thursday of this last week and said put out a report on misinformation they're doing exactly what they're trying to tell people that's wrong with the world they're coming out saying well you can't use fear to profit off COVID." what's the vaccine policy doing that's what they're doing exactly I mean, it's real simple this is a marketing campaign people are moved towards pleasure or away from pain well they tried to pleasure them by giving them free cheeseburgers you know uh vouchers to go to six flags crispy cream Krispy creams Krispy Kremes, a couple million dollar lotto tickets right all that well that didn't work so now they're going to move them towards pain if you don't get this you don't get that yeah. Right? You can't work, can't go to school, no can't freedom. get a job, no freedom. So now they're, they moved away from pleasure. Now they're moving towards pain. Yep. I don't know how more clear you can make that. I mean, we're living in some crazy times. I also feel very exciting times. But there's, we're in the middle of a revolution right now. And oh, we're yeah. not fighting with bullets. We're fighting with words. This yeah. is what we're doing right now is helping educate, inform, inspire, and motivate people. And all we want to do is give people the opportunity to make up their own decision. i got to be honest with you. I don't care what people do as long as you know what options you've got. Right? Yeah. You know, and right now people aren't getting informed. By the way, as a doctor, I have to, before I do procedures or prescribe something to you, I have to have you sign a form that says informed consent. You know your risks versus your benefits. They're not doing that right now. Yeah, they're giving them
0: the the warning forms after they get the vaccine, basically. Well, yeah, and
7: that, here's the other thing. And and I know because we've had them at our offices, we'll get the the vaccine, uh, you know, insert, It'll come in the package. We open up. There's nothing in it. It's blank. It's blank. What? Yeah, it's bl- it doesn't have contraindications. Doesn't have, it doesn't have what's in it. It's, it's huge, blank. It's big as half this table, and it's blank. And and so it's... it's not FDA approved. It's not FDA approved. They so can't they put warnings on they it. They still send the packaging. Yeah, the paper's still in there. It's just blank. Blank. Because of exactly what you just said, because it's not FDA approved. Yeah, so they, they can't, can't, they can't put that all that their warnings on it. Why would
0: they just not send it, like...
7: It looks more official to have the envelope. In you know, there. you know, and, and here's the thing too that really the, everybody that I talk to about this movement, they say, well, how come, how come these federal governments or nobody's being held accountable for their their misinformation? Right. I mean, you've had Rand Paul
3: call out Dr. Fauci and have the receipts right there, and, yeah. and just no accountability, no nothing.
7: What would happen if you and I went in front of Congress and we perjured ourselves? Jail. Yeah. Where's oh, yeah. he at? Believe He's it or back not, on TV. Jail. He's yep. back on TV telling people to put a mask on again. I mean, are you kidding me right now? Like, at what point are we going to say enough is enough? And that's all all I'm saying. Like, again, the whole idea, first of all, as an American, I've got the freedom to speak about what I want to talk about. But as a physician, it's my job to help as many people as we can. I mean, we literally have had over 400,000 people use our program, our recommendations, all this stuff. And out of 400,000 people, we have zero deaths reported out of that. 400,000, right? And I'm not claiming to cure anything. All we're doing is giving people solutions to, number one, reduce their stress because the scariest thing with getting diagnosed with COVID right now is getting diagnosed with COVID. Yeah. Just hearing that you've got it. It's, it's like the second big C word. Well, everybody's living in that cancer. echo
0: chamber. They live in that right. thing where, you know, the media is telling you that you're going to die.
7: Yeah, and just so you know, uh, according to the statistics, you're not. I mean, look at this. If you're under the age of 50... Your survivability rate is 99.98% survivable. I like those odds. I like those odds, too. If you're under the age of 30, it's statistically zero. Yep. And if you round that up, still zero. Yeah. Just so you know. So they're, push- they're trying to force this on children right now. Terrible. A horrible idea. There's no long-term. By, by the way, I was, I was at a-, a town hall meeting, and one of the board members is a medical doctor. And I got up and talked in opposition of, you know, vaccines and mandates and da-da-da-da. And-, and the guy says, well, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about. I said, doctor. Have you, read, have, you, have you read the animal trials? And have you read the long-term studies on this vaccine? And the guy gets up and goes, of course I did. And I go, you <laughs> couldn't have, you liar, because there they don't none. exist. No. You okay. want to talk about mic drop right there? Boom. Most of these people have no clue. Their cranium is so shoved so far up their rectum, they don't know what's right or wrong. Yeah. And they're just doing what they're told because, I don't know, other than if they're just drunk with power, I don't know what it is, but it's just wrong. That's a huge part Are of Are you
0: it. familiar at all with the numbers of like say the people children that are getting the vaccine are yeah. you are you familiar at all with the numbers of adverse effects that children are
7: having yes i am very familiar with them okay i'd be like interested to hear that. okay well let's talk about that did you this is so crazy so when they started going after 12 to 16 year olds as a whole and started looking at that age group the number one symptom that started to come out was myocarditis yeah. myocarditis is inflammation of the heart which is heart damage yeah. literally takes years off your life and life off your years literally does that and so there was an emergency meeting called by the FDA and CDC to talk about the myocarditis. I thought it was interesting how there was an emergency meeting called for, for two weeks from the time they called it. What kind of an emergency says, we're going to meet in two weeks to talk about this, right? So when they did, they had the conversation. Uh, one of my really good friends was there. He testified about it. He's a cardiologist, um, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, big deal, okay, mm-hmm. awesome guy, and showed the data, showed everything that's going on what the FDC and, and, and uh, CDC decided was to, instead of putting a pause on it, like Europe did by the way, Europe says we're gonna slow this down, yeah. we're only gonna give these vaccines to kids who are serious at high risk, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is you know, questionable as well. But the bottom line is they said in the United States, we're now gonna say that is an acceptable side effect, an acceptable side effect of COVID-19 is, is myocarditis. Yeah. <clears throat> it's an acceptable side effect. Wow. So, so statistically, so there were there were originally were 800 cases that went to 1,200 cases of myocarditis. Now, I mean, there's thousands of them yeah, all across 5, the 000, country, over 5,000. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to
0: somebody, and I w- they were saying, like, "Well, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to have my kids, uh, you know, get it because, you know, like." I was like, "Yeah, your kids don't need to get it." There's been more cases of children who got the vaccine that are having adverse effects than yeah. children that are actually dying of COVID. And he's like. He literally, he literally gave me the media, the code words like, oh, don't, don't spread that misinformation. And I'm like, what see, are you see, think about?
7: about that for a minute. Like, like, okay, let's. This is the problem we have. We don't know how to critically think as a society anymore. Yeah. And by the way, that's on purpose. They've, they've strategically taken critical thinking out of schools and you know everything. You can ask your phone, and you don't even, you don't even need to know anything anymore. Yep. So what I do is I don't argue with people. I ask questions. And it really pisses people off. Oh, people So, people so off. like when someone says, I, I think I'm going to get my kid injected with this vaccine, I'm going to ask them a question. Why? And then I'm going to hear what they say. And most of them say the talking points. Well, you know, it's safe. It's effective. And it's, I'm doing my part. And if my kid gets the, uh, the, the injection, then he's going to be, he or she's going to be less susceptible of spreading the virus. That's not true. No. None of that's true. Nope. And so I said, all right, well, well let me ask you a question. Where'd you read that? And can I get a copy of it? Well, that really makes people mad. Yep. Usually after one or two questions, they tell you to, you know, go pound sand or CNN whatever. CNN doesn't print out their script? No, it's so sad. And, and what, what really happens is this, is and this is truly the psychological aspect behind it. When, when people realize something that they base their whole life off of as to be wrong, like my doctor would never lie to me. The government would never lie to me. So and so would never lie to me. Right now, oh, I've been told my whole life that vaccines are safe and effective. If if somebody got that that foundation pulled out from underneath them, and they found out that it was not safe or effective, which is not what the COVID vaccine's showing right now. There's eleven thousand reported deaths. We have a whistleblower that's come out and said it's forty-five thousand, not eleven thousand, mm. and it has not stopped the spread of the virus, which is why you've got all these breakthrough cases that are happening now, which is the majority of cases that are in, in the in the world, and. Um, it's just not safe and effective. And so when you start questioning people, they, they, they don't know how to respond to it. And then when they realize that that one thing was wrong, then they have to start questioning everything else in their life they thought was wrong. And they yeah. don't want to do
0: that. No, yeah, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, where basically, psychologically speaking, people, if, you're, if you admit to being wrong, it's like attacking the core of your
7: being. Right. It is. It, it really is. And we have to get okay with that. Like, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, my parents taught me a lot of things. And one of them was sticks and stones will break your bones and words will never hurt you. And the other thing that I learned was, you know what? The best thing somebody can do when they realize they're wrong is admit they're wrong. Yeah, That's it. What what happened to that? So here we are today dealing with this stuff literally now where they're trying to shut down our country again because of a false narrative. Mm -hmm. By the way, this Delta variant that they're telling people about, I I think it's very important that your listeners understand this. There's been reports of anywhere between Several hundred to a thousand different variants that have been identified. Yep. Okay, so Delta, Delta Plus, Lambda, all this stuff. Ligma. That's what they do. Viruses <laughs> viruses mutate over time. Right. Okay? No. They mutate over time. It's called it's called um M- a molar's ratchet that's what happens and as a virus goes through the community it gets less and it gets more infective and less deadly 45 percent of your dna and my dna is your microbiome it, it's part of our immune system that's what happens like when 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 a new flu strain comes through like in 2018 we had a horrible flu season come through we had more people hospitalized during that flu season and then we did even during COVID season which is fact we did and we didn't have we, didn't, we had plenty of surge overflow and plenty of nurses and doctors and ventilators and all that. And, we, and our body got used to that flu. And now when it comes on, you know what we get? We get a sniffle and a cold and we move on. Yeah. You know, it's
3: we, crazy. We've talked to so many people. We, we actually have some friends whose family are in the medical field. They're charge nurses in big hospitals. And they told us, you know, some of the things they did to justify COVID was when they created, like, the wards that they were saying overflow, let's say you have a hospital on the floor as has 100 beds, they would dedicate three beds to be right. in the COVID ward and when you got your fourth patient, you were then over capacity right. So then they could justify and, and inflate those numbers to make it seem like it's a... But most of the hospitals that we went to... Throughout the course of COVID, all seemed to be empty and operating full. They were laying off nurses and yeah. cutting well, doctor shifts in half.
0: TikTok videos. I well,
7: spoke. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to the um, Missouri Hospital Association a week ago, and I called them and I said, "Hey, I'm getting ready to do a bunch of interviews. I need some data points on what's going on." And I said, well, how many Delta variants, or how many how many people right now are getting infected and are having breakthrough cases? They said, well, you know what, we don't really know because we're not keeping that data as well as we should. I said, well, that's kind of important. We should know that. Okay. Uh, we've asked the hospitals, but they won't give it to us. That's what the hospital mm. association said. I go, that's kind of crazy. That's weird. And and then I said, well, tell me about tell me about capacity because the governor just came out and said that we we're not uh, overflow with, with hospitals. We're not under uh, capacity with ventilators. And the guy says, no, we're not. There's actually a lot more non-COVID related illnesses going on now and a lot more non-COVID related injuries in the hospitals. And that's what's bringing our, you know, our our, uh, status up. And we're still at most of our hospitals between 30 to 45% less staffed than we are before COVID. Most of those people still staying at home, getting a free check and not coming back to work. And then they say in the very next breath, that if you don't get this injection, you can't come back to work as a doctor or a nurse when most of these people have already been exposed to the vaccine or to the virus. And the data out of the Cleveland Clinic says if you've been infected or been exposed, getting an injection can cause more harm than good. Yeah. Yeah. They're not using any common sense with any. I always tell people it's COVID sense, not common sense. Time. So
0: what, what's the actual, I guess, fact on a natural immunity versus?
7: It's a great question. So here's what we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know how long. Okay. But here's what we do know. And by the way, most of healthcare is really like assumptive medicine. I mean, I don't know if you know that, but most of it. So SARS-CoV-1 2003 infection that swept through the country Mm -hmm. is about 87% identical, at least according to the virologist, to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. It's almost identical, right? The people of 2003 uh, 2003 that have the SARS-CoV-1, most of them, most people that are reported still have T-cell immunity 17 years later. It may be even lifetime immunity. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. When, when, and, and then you got to understand that, when you get infected naturally with this virus? You get a robust immune response. You don't just get like a, a, you know, a spike protein antibody. You get a robust immune system response. Well, that's why Pfizer and Moderna are trying to come out and tell us that we need a booster shot every six to twelve months. <laughs> yeah, that, by the way, wasn't approved, and it said in the literature at this point in time, which means at some point in time they're going to approve a, a booster shot. And they're basing it off of science that doesn't make sense. They're basing it all off of antibodies. People got to understand that as we get an infection, antibodies go down. That's what they're supposed to do. Right. If, if we had an antibody uh, 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 response to all the viruses we've had since we were born, our bodies would be so swollen up, we'd look like the Stay Puffs <laughs> Dope boy. We yeah. would. And so those, those antibodies go down. But the thing that's most important is your T cells. And most people aren't even measuring that. Most doctors don't even know what a T cell does uh, in relation to covid anyway so it's it's just it's it's truly insanity so when you when you hear about that kind of stuff you got to think what's really going on you know and i don't really know i I, as a doctor i know what we should be doing i know we should be doing uh early treatments i know that we should be talking prevention i know we should not be uh propagating false information in the media which is what's happening Mm -hmm. and then you see the government come out and go well all these doctors scientists and all these people they're liars right we're not oh, okay. It's just like Ronald Reagan said, you know, the scariest thing the government could say is, don't worry, we're the government. We're here we're to help. To help. Or, or what Joe Biden said in
3: his actual address, <laughs> uh, like a year ago wow. when he said that the government is here and we're here to help you. Yeah. Um, two other things I want to uh, touch on real quick because we've asked everybody that's come through. How'd you get linked up with Clay and, and how excited were you to jump on this?
7: Well, I met Clay through a couple other doctors that are, are in this movement as well. Uh-huh. Um, and when I got on the phone with Clay, we hit it off. Uh, I went and spoke with you know at at the event in tulsa that's what and we really kind of hit it off there and i i I was a little apprehensive at first because you just never know you never know what it's about right because sometimes people try to just make something that's not Something that it is, right? And with this, I realized it was the real deal. And and by the way, out of these connections and relationships with all these doctors and uh, you know lay people and everybody in between that's here, we've actually been able to do some major good in this world. And that's educate, inspire, and motivate. So I was excited to help. I was actually scheduled not to be at this one. Okay. Uh, this was the one that I was like, Clay. I gotta, you know, I got so many things going on. Well, we're glad to be well, So am I, but. Clay said, dude, I got to have you here. And a couple of the other people in this movement said, we got to have you come and speak, especially about what's going on. Would you please come? And so we flew in yesterday to come do this. And we're flying to Dallas tomorrow to do another gig. And it's just going, it's just about going around and inspiring and telling people the truth because dude, it's, here's the thing. And this is, this is, this is why I'm doing this. I've got three kids of my own. Okay. It's the right thing to do. And I just don't want my children growing up a world filled with medical tyranny, not yeah. being able to do the things they want to do. And so that's why I do this. I do this for my kids, my grandkids that are going to be here in the future, and so on and so forth.
3: That's an awesome motivating factor. And then you talked about those three things that you're always you know, trying to let people know, the inform, and, and stuff like that. When, when you come here and you go to these events, we covered the Tulsa one a lot. It was high energy, yeah, crazy out of control. And yeah. being here the last two days, just the people that have come through, whether they're doctors or pastors or celebrities, You know, they sit down and everybody's story is the same. They're scared for their country, they're scared for their First Amendment. You know, they're scared for uh, medical rights and things of that nature. Being just in your field, how has this experience been, kind of mixing with all the other different kinds of patriots who have come together to put on this production?
7: Man, it, it's it's been amazing. You know why? Because it's been just such a level of understanding and acceptance. And I don't care if you're if you're a science teacher, if you're a school nurse, if you're a medical doctor, a chiropractor, a DO, or if you're a mom or a dad or somewhere in between. Everybody in this movement is trying to work together to help motivate inspire and educate i mean that's what it's all about and i've never seen so much camaraderie within within groups right you got to understand a lot of these people there's some very charismatic voices that are out there right and done very well in in the world on their own but now they're like gosh we got to come together for such a time as this and and clay has done an amazing job i told him the other day i said dude you you remind me of uh, the movie braveheart when William Wallace is all about, we got to unite the clans, and that's what we're doing right now.
3: No, he was—he came on our podcast, and man, when I tell you, we we covered everything from the Bible, Epstein, yeah. Bill Gates, in 23 minutes, COVID, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and 23 minutes, and he's still able to get plug the show and yeah. invite us. It yeah. was just—it was—it was awesome getting to know him, and we're, we're really thankful for being here. Um, can you just let all of our listeners know we're going to link you in the podcast when we put it. Uh, up on all the platforms, but just uh, basic places where they can go and get more information. Yeah, so
7: the best way that you can find us, because this is the war we're fighting, is we're fighting against medical tyranny, so you can go to StopMedicalTyranny.com, that's StopMedicalTyranny.com, and I'll also tell you this, is that we are having a huge event, and I would love if you guys would come as well, Uh, Clay's going to be there, we're doing it in Missouri, we haven't done an event in the Midwest yet, so we got August 26th or the 29th, we have a huge event, we've got 50,000 people that are going to be in this place, literally, and by the way, we're putting on a show, dude. Uh, I've got some headliners. We got Ted Nugent coming to do the Star Spangled Banner. We've uh, heard, yeah, yeah he, gonna he be broke that s- on our show. That's pretty awesome, Sick, bro. So. so there's just some great stuff going, and and, and we can't stop. Like, no, you just got to keep going so people can find us at stopmedicaltyranny.com, and you can go to uh, uh, EricNaputi.com. It's E-R-I-C-N-E-P-U-T-E.com.
3: Awesome, Doctor Eric Naputi. Thanks for stopping by and talking yeah, with us. Appreciate this awesome. it, guys. Thanks. Uh, joining us now, we have Mr. Scott Kesterson. He's the creator and host of Bards FM.
8: Welcome to the Steak for Breakfast podcast, sir. Hey guys, how are you? Nice to be here. How you doing today? I'm doing great. And we've got that little wind blowing in the background. Feel like I'm on the beach. Well, we can make it to
3: the beach. Yeah. yeah.
8: Like a beach in one of those really humid, arid countries. Right. Yeah. I,
0: like Afghanistan, Red Desert, something mm-hmm. like that. Haven't been there. Okay. But <laughs>
8: I'll take your word for it. All right gonna have to ask you how'd you get hooked up with mr clay clark oh actually that was he reached out to me and we were just uh so he says and it's a little i'll I'll say a little creepy but i think it's okay i think it's on the level he says i'm the only male voice he listens to in the sauna i'm like okay
3: You want to know what? Before we started today, I'm going to be completely honest. As soon as he started talking, I was like, "Would you listen to the velvet level of his voice?" We've (laughs) had
0: we've had two interviews in a row that have uh, really good radio voices. Yeah, and you're one of them. So (laughs) faces the faces maybe not so much, but you know we identify with that
8: as well. I I don't have the face. I do. God didn't give me the face. Yeah, same here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: you uh, so obviously you were all in on that when, when he approached you and reached out. And how has the experience been thus far?
8: Oh, it's been great. No, actually, it's a, it's a really amazing event. A lot of it, it's really good to see these grow and see this develop. I've seen the similar type of growth on the podcast itself, but to see people here with this amount of motivation, and I think what's really important is you're seeing so many people really coming to the realization of what this real fight is. Yes. Because it's not just uh, Trump, and it's not just going to be another vote. This is going to be a long haul, and we're going to have to really keep this sort of momentum going. And it's not easy. And as a guy who spent three and a half years in Afghanistan, I will tell you, uh, people don't understand war, Mm -hmm. and and Americans woke up one day to the next, and it was almost like a a non without the snipers, it was like going through the Bosnia experience. Because literally, like, one day everything's fine, next day, like, oh, guess what? You're wearing masks and we're going to try to turn you into a transhuman and we're going to try to kill you with a bioweapon. I mean, it's just like, oh, well, great. Can I still go shopping? You know? Wait,
3: wait. Didn't Hillary Clinton say there were snipers in Bosnia? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the experience has been pretty amazing so far, to say the least. Uh, You talked about the uh, groups of people that are here. I have never seen a more diverse group of speakers and audience level all coming together to, like you said, kind of keep the things that uh, we hold dear at the forefront. Because right now, there's a lot of people who are getting impatient. I mean, the, the 2020 presidential election seems like years ago. Yes. It literally does. It feels like it for sure. And even though we've only been doing the Maricopa thing for a couple months now, it's also starting to feel like years. And we're just starting to get to the bottom of it. And we have, like, you know, Pennsylvania and Georgia who are both going down that path. Wisconsin kind of entered the chat on Friday when one of their state senators uh, put out some literature stating that they need to have a full forensic audit there. But, I I mean, I I think in those states, because we're in the hundreds of thousands and not millions, those audits may not take as long. There's still going to be blowback. There's still going to be red tape. But at the same time, people need to understand, like, it's not a school board election that we're talking about overturning here. This is the leader of the free world who was supposedly elected in the safest and most secure election in the history of the republic. Oh wait, you're
0: talking about the present one. Yeah. Yeah, no.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so you know, all that stuff is starting to come to light, and people just need to really be patient. And at the same time, I personally feel like after experiencing this for the last couple of days. It's events like this that are getting all the people who may be tired, who may be beat up, who may be down on themselves, they might have been canceled, can all come together and kind of get, I feel re-energized. So and, and I, I, I want to ask you about how your personal experience has been like kind of being on this and, and being around all these different kinds of speakers and things like that.
8: Well, there's no doubt that this is re-energizing a lot of people. And I think it's a necessary re-energize, re-energy, <laughs> I can't even speak, that thing, you know, getting more energy You know, back the thing, back. re-energization. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That one I can't seem to say the word of right now. But the uh, in the biggest piece about this all is I think we have to come to a realization truly of what is going to make the difference. Right. There is, there, are the t- there is basically two types of fights we're fighting that are being run on the same mechanism. So our one type of fight is gonna be the fraud fight, which mm-hmm. we're seeing General Flynn's leading that. Yep. That other fight is our medical tyranny fight, which yeah. is being led by Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. And over that, the overarching mechanism is, is the deception war being run by our media and others involved. But there's something that we have to reclaim because the root core of that and the root solution of that is really our loss of faith in our nation. We have deviated so far away from the principles of a moral law yeah. in our country and where we, are, we do have accountability to God. And without that, we end up in this free fall that we're in right now where literally the left, and, and we can call them whatever, <clears throat> they're on both sides. I mean, it's the left and there's... Oh the, yeah, the uniparty trumpeters. and stuff like that. But it, it's, it's literally winning at any cost. That loss of morality, when you do that, you, there's the short-sightedness of what they're seeing, doing is forgetting that that's gonna be flipped on them at some point if we continue down this path. Right. And without a moral foundation of, of getting back to our moral law in this nation, as the Declaration of Independence specified and, and architected for us, we're gonna be doing a lot of small victories and we're going to end up right back where we were even faster. So the, the, what I find powerful about these types of events here, as we're going to have in our own event in August, uh, Bardsfest, mm-hmm. is the center point of putting faith back in the nation. And we can get that rooted in people and really understand that that is the true victory. We can en- people can endure a lot, but they also won't, they won't budge. They yeah. won't hold fast and hold that line brilliantly. And in, in that sense, that's where Americans really start to waken up again to being a patriot. In the true sense
3: I, I like those points that you made where you know some of the big overtones of this event going around the country right now and other ones that are seeming to spring up out of it and kind of grow and spread have to do with you know stuff regarding politics and stuff regarding medical tyranny but then when you overarch it with the spiritual aspect uh, that has been going on this weekend you could probably I could guarantee that this event probably blows from space There's so much energy and just good, wholesome loveness. I mean, I've seen people who I know are legitimately frustrated and sad and this, that, and the other thing walk through these halls and walk through the sanctuary over in the main building where all the events are going on, smiling, walking on their toes, feeling kind of re-energized again that all these people are out here um, fighting for them and risking it all. And that goes from the people who are like here in the podcast and the media community all the way up to the speakers who, you know, got to walk around with like retired Blackwater security guards yeah. everywhere they go because <laughs> their lives necessarily might be in danger. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Bards FM and then go in, after that into the event that you uh, kind of tease right there that you're having in August?
8: Sure, I mean, great. Um, Bards FM is a podcast channel that I started based on two pillars faith and knowledge. Okay and it stresses increasingly more and, and and it's been partly i will say it's a testimony of my own journey because i i moved a lot heavy on knowledge and and lower on faith to where it's i've seen that inversion even in myself it's really been a, a, a real a real fulfilling part of this the channel's grown enormously and i can only say that that's a a, a god thing because Has to be. You know, we, I went from 100,000 downloads, and I hub off of Podbean, so I hit iTunes on Google, uh, or I guess it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, mm-hmm. I also hit iHeartRadio. And uh, I think Spotify's wiped me out twice because they don't like something I say. They're a wonderful group over there. We've been trying. They haven't gotten us yet. Okay. I mean, we go
3: through the list sometimes. We name everybody from Hillary and Soros all the way down to oh, Pito Gate. And yeah, and we just... Keep trying, guys. I think it's our name's pretty good algorithm
7: beater. George so Soros. So you
3: would never know that we do nothing but politics every week when yeah. you hear
8: Steak for Breakfast. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's good. Well, so the um, the podcast was at 100,000 downloads on November 3rd. Today, it's at 13 and a half million. Wow. So the, the growth has been explosive, and with it, there has been, it, even for me, to kind of get ahead of that, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, you know, like you, <laughs> so, and I'll lead back to this and just show you kind of how, perva- not pervasive, but how it's, it's grown. Um, just to kind of finish up with the channel, just, it, I do four shows Monday through Friday. Okay. So I do four live broadcasts. I do two in the morning, one at 5 a.m., which is uh, Peace Be Still. It's just dedicated to faith and starting our day. Nice. The second show every day is Storm Dispatch. I've been focusing on these Federalist Papers. So we're at 75 or 76. We're just about done with the 85 Federalist Papers. Right. And I give my political commentary which is pretty much unleashed when i get there so I, and as they say they always you can see it on the live boards you're like oh he's doing a rant again i'm like yeah you're not getting a paper today oh, you're, you're gonna get a rant you're nice gonna enjoy that one and then uh, the afternoon evening show is at, is bard's fm and that's just a feature show i do a lot of interviews there i do my own commentaries and uh, all, everything's always well with, with some portion of faith and then the nighttime show is fishers of men which is a closing out of the day of just faith and and spiritual worship I just think it's so important that we have a lot of that in our lives these days because we, we tend to move adrift too easily, and it's, it's not blaming anybody, but it's, man, we are getting hit every which way with yeah. this unbelievable deception. There's no truth, and it's just all designed to break us down emotionally. So with this, um, in the spring, I, <laughs> I had the Q&A that I like to do about every three or four weeks, and someone says, hey, are you going to have a barge rally? And I'm like, um, yeah, well, you know, and I did the, man, I'll tell you, I could have run for Senate. I was that, probably president because I just gave him a yes and no in one sentence. It was the perfect political answer. Nice. I, you're like, yeah, I just gave you nothing. You know, so I literally went and had dinner and to close out my last show. And I sat down. I mean, I just had, felt this very powerful you know, like push. It's like, you're going to say yes. So I said, okay, we're going to say yes. And had no idea what this was about. So Barts Fest is now going to be August 26th to the 29th in St. Charles, Missouri. I'd love to have you guys there in media. We have media place. It's it's a four day event. It's focused on a revival. It's really focused. It's patriots from all over the nation. It's two venues. Um, it, one is indoor and one is an outdoor. The one thing we kind of assessed is that with all these events, what we're lacking is that whole family part of it. Right. So we built the second event, which is by the way, if you want to do an event, make sure if you ever never done one this big, do a Super Bowl right out of the gate, so you can really experience the the, 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 the greatness of. <laughs> Planning and project management. Oh my goodness! But um, the um, the second event is uh, is the outdoor event that will be uh, really family oriented. So the indoor event's more like a Clay Clark in that sense, but right. everything's centered on faith. It starts with, uh, with sermons each day. We've got Pastor Greg Locke, Pastor Tony awesome. Wood, just some powerful pastors that have stood up to the state, small in name, that right. have said, "You're not closing our churches." Right. We've got Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. We've got Mike Lindell. We've got. Uh, Joe Flynn's coming, right? So, oh, awesome! So a lot of great folks there. We go, we go back and uh, talk, talk mess to people on Twitter all the time. We yeah. <laughs> he's pretty
3: good on there. Oh, he's awesome! <laughs> yeah.
8: And then, and then every night we have a we have a perfor- live performances. So, oh, nice! So that's the 26th to the 29th. The outdoor event is much more family. Like I said, we have an ice skating rink. In it's a it's a mall. It was a vacant mall that uh, one of the people in St. Louis bought to defeat covid it was a pretty cool idea he's like no nah, we're, we're going to still get together with families we're just going to use the parking lot and have them drive up and i'm going to buy a big megatron and we're going to put it up there so people can see concerts uh-huh. and be in their car and meet the quote covid restrictions you had to right? do what
3: you had to do right, right. I like
8: it. but now we're now we're you know, just using this as a massive festival to we're going to have the outdoor stage we're having a bit of a, a carnival outside i've got indoor vendors we've got um, a, a kind of an area for, for families that have a little bit of daycare if they want to take a bit of break. Right, We've got kid activities and then the other piece we're really pushing over there too is this county by county program which I've been pushing which is uh, seven pillars to getting back to nation which is really driven on the principle that we have got to take this some tangible actions. It's not just enough to come to rallies, but we've no. got to have tangible actions that start in our home and work through those seven pillars, and I and, and try to get our counties back in under our control, not just out here running around going, "Hey, what's going on in D.C.?" I mean, I really don't care what's going on in D.C. Right? No, it, it's, just, it, it's just it's mm. just a sewer.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a whole bunch of trash. Now that's a really good point you make, and you know we pointed out to our our listening audience all the time that we do report on the news because the news is important it shapes a lot of the things that are going on whether or not you're you know we were just talking with uh dr Naputi and he was talking you know all of the COVID stuff and then we had another doctor on before who's working on some exemptions for religious and the military and we, we try to give everybody like a broad brush of like the week that was with commentary we bring guests on but then we always tell people you know you need to go out and do your uh, own information you educate yourself you Absolutely. need to go out and do stuff It doesn't even have to be the word activist level, but just at the local level, whether it starts, like you said, in the home or at the school board meetings or at the local, you know, county or township meetings. Uh, Those are so important because they don't realize how many people have slithered their way into those spots now and are now working from the bottom up instead of usually we talk about D.C. politics all the time. You know it's usually from the top down now right. they're trying to meet in the middle they're trying to destroy the nuclear family they're just trying to destroy religion in the home they're trying to destroy encouraging marriage they're trying to destroy you know uh what kids are taught at such a young age and then you have the vaccine kind of in the middle and all the politics bs at the top and it's it's a recipe for disaster so now you have events like this coming bringing a lot of light multi meaning right there And uh, really trying to get the country back. It sounds like the event that you're going to be having in August. I mean, we'll have to see what we can swing. Uh, Walmart's pretty busy at that time of year. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, it just seems like an event that's really getting back to not only what the vibes of the Clay Clark reawakening tour is, but bringing the entire family into it and really kind of growing them and then sending them back home to get back to the grassroots work that needs to get done to kind of fix everything on a whole.
8: That's you know I did a show I on Sunday nights to do a show called Expedition Cafe which right now is dedicated just to Bardsfest. Fest, but I do feature stories on just it's kind of a live radio show. Literally, uh-huh. I mean I use a similar board as you guys do. I bring in, I'm the one guy. You know how that goes, right? Oh, yeah. We're doing all our own sound mixing and so forth. And I will say it's not perfect, but from a uh, audio point of view, but it comes out well. Yeah. And They enjoy it, and I always try to feature an Ameri- some sort of American story. Of success, so we can kind of look back at our past and go, Look, these are some of the great things we've done. So, one of those stories was on the Ferris wheel, okay. And that's another part that's come in here because little did I know that the Ferris wheel also ended up in the, the original one, ended up in St. Louis, by the way. But what's real interesting about that is when you look back in 1895 when the Ferris wheel was built, it's to your point of families, this Ferris wheel had thousands tens of thousands of riders on it over the time it was there for the world's fair now imagine if you were a child this is one of the things i talked about in the show is imagine if you were a child you'd never known anything other than flat chicago right there's no planes there's no there's no air balloons and you for the first time ride on that ferris wheel at this world world's fair event and you're able to see over the horizon at 220 feet in the air your life just got changed yeah yeah Right? To say the least. Right. And, it, and suddenly all your dreams and things that you're going to do. And then if you look at what happens in America following that, there's this incredible era. We start to see innovations in a lot of things, a lot of big ways. You can't point it to one event, but right. you can definitely say that, man, that had an impact. Yeah. Right. And then we need that again for our kids. Yeah. What are they being shown? I mean, right now they're just, it's, it's ridiculous. We're, we're showing them gag yourself with a face diaper. Right. Inject yourself so you can get a bioweapon and turn into yourselves into transhuman. And along the way here, oh by the way, you're supposed to hate yourself because you are a nobody and everyone else and everyone else, right? <laughs> and and we're gonna tr- teach you about racism again, but we're gonna call it critical. Right. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. That's pretty crazy. Um, we are gonna link you and all your information in the show description, but why don't you at the audio level tell all of our listeners
8: where we can direct traffic your way. Fantastic. So you can go to Bardsfm.com Bardsfm.com and that's uh, right there it's uh, the home page. You can find the podcast there that, that stream off of PodBean. Mm-hmm. If you want to go right onto PodBean and enjoy the live streams, then it's Bards FM Bards.fM, excuse me, Bards.fM. That's off of PodBean. And you can join the live stream there. And we do live streams, like I guess, at every show except when I'm here. I'm not doing live streams. Right. But um, other than that, uh, the Bards Fest is also uh, on the homepage. So you can find that. Click at the link. The, get information. It's, it's, well, it's, there's a whole page to it, and it's uh, it's right on top tab. Okay. Or if you just need to find – you get lazy and decide you don't want to do that. Just type in BardsFest.com. Easy enough. That there it is. right there. It's yeah. like that. It's no problem. You know? Try to make it simple.
3: No. And it's definitely uh, – That'll probably help out our audience a little bit. Yeah. and and Just
8: to be clear, you won't find me on Twitter because they decided that in a massive triggered moment, literally, it was the greatest email I ever received from them. They literally had a meltdown accusing me of being like, you're just not being nice. I said, no. I called called Jack a pedophile because he is one. So that's okay. I'm sorry. But, you know, it's all right. But Wait. So they sent you like a personalized email. Oh, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was a personalized email. Do you, do you have it? You want to read it? For no, us? I don't. I don't have it. Unfortunately, <laughs> Jack from his own phone. Yeah, uh,
3: we he's, feel he's, your pain. We're on our fifth Twitter account
8: right yeah, now. Yeah, Jack's yeah. on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. You know, and you you just love them when you see it because it's like they have the standard forms. You know that. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's like, wow, this paragraphs don't fit. Like, whoa! Like somebody really just lost their mind. They were like. You, you are evil. And I'm like, and, and
3: by the way, really, yeah. it went
8: that far. Oh yeah,
3: oh, I would
0: love to see that. You might have to, you might have to link us to that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty awesome. Um, thanks for sitting
3: down with us today. Scott Kesterson, he's going to be the host of Bards Fest in August out in Missouri. He's also the creator and host of Bards FM. Definitely check him out. Um, thanks for coming down.
8: Yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Have Thank a blessed you. day. Goodbye. Okay, you as
3: well. All right. Joining us now at the, uh, the Reawaken America Tour event is Mr. Darren Gaub. He's the executive director of RestoringLiberty.org. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having
9: me. Happy to join you guys, no matter how hot it is in here. It's,
0: it's better than yesterday. Yeah, it, it, it is, is better than yesterday.
9: Um, how did you get hooked up with uh, Clay and the uh, Reawakening Tour? Oh boy, that's a long, long saga, but uh, it's a good one. And I won't tell you the whole thing, but basically. Uh, started building this organization called Restore Liberty and then and really growing leaders, grassroots leaders across different states throughout the country, Okay. building the foundation. And as a result of that, I started giving speeches about Restore Liberty, focused on Montana, just to hone the speech for one and, and get some basic exposure and see, see what people thought about it. Yeah. And uh, as a result of that, um, Ian Entrottier down in Miami, who the connections are, are pretty good. He came up to Montana and was able to listen listen to a couple of my presentations up in uh, Missoula and Kalispell, which we were talking the far nor- northwest corner of Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he liked what he heard, and now basically, uh, he, he drags me with him to places like this, and I love it. Phenomenal people around here everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and it grew into, and it's, it's going to spiral off into some more stuff, but uh, that's how Ian and I got linked up, and he, he brought me... We met down here, nice. and uh, we'll see where
3: it goes. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Uh, everybody seems to have a different road that led to Clay, but at the end of the day, it's all kind of the same overtones. Is that? Yeah, he's a good guy. He's doing the right thing, and that events like this are the places where people like you can get out and, and, and really uh, express what you've got going on and, and yeah. inform people about what it is. Why don't you tell mm. us a little bit about the organization? I know you mentioned it by name. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you've been talking about planning grassroots leaders across the country, but what are, what are some of like the pillars and, and the things that you're trying to express in, in, when you go out and give the speeches?
9: Okay, yeah, thanks. It's, uh, it really is four steps because we wanted to make something very simple. So okay. we, st- we started off by modeling the founding fathers with what they did with the founding documents because we, we needed to rally people around something that wasn't a person. They did it with the Declaration of Independence and Constitution, so we wrote a thing called the Declaration of Constitutional Consent. And it is not intended at all to replace those two documents. The point of the whole thing is to point back to them and right. say, we need to read those, apply those, understand them, and use them. Now, this is just a way of, of us as American citizens writing a letter like to the King of England that the, the <laughs> Colonials did and saying, hey, we've re- listed out 17 things that are clear federal violations of the Constitution. We, we, we called them in breach of contract, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if people can go to our website at restore-liberty.org, you'll see that declaration on there. You can sign it digitally, and we'll get you zip codes. And that's all we collect is a zip code, nothing else, just so we can sew people. And then uh, download it and paper, print it, and mail it manually. Because the goal really is to send a bigger message by having tons of these things just show up at the White House. Right. You can delete a, an email very easily, but you got to deal with paper. Yeah. So that's that's the that piece because we're, we're ultimately what we're trying to do is magnify the Tenth Amendment and put the states and the people in the position of primacy over the federal government where they're where they already are anyways constitutionally. So let's get back to that. Uh, that's the first step. The second step is we start talking about constitutional sanctuary states. Mm-hmm. Our goal is states to flip entire states at one time, but if you can't because you're the governor's a coward, the legislature's a coward, whatever, they don't know our Constitution and refuse to abide by it, then get a county, get a city, send this declaration to anybody you think needs to hear it because it's very—it's a unifying document that can go to anybody. Mm-hmm. Get that constitutional sanctuary pressure put on to commissioners at all levels, governors, legislators, whoever you need to. And then our third pillar is that we're going to start identifying constitutional candidates for all offices from dog catcher to president okay and put them on our website and so a state director if you go into the state of california on our website click on california you're gonna the state director who would run california would be able to put those candidates on that website and say these first these people are constitutional if there's nobody running constitutional in any way shape or form then we're going to put a sign up there that says something like, you know, courage needed. No endorsement. Yeah, yeah. Help wanted. Yeah. We, don't, we don't believe in the uh, you know, lesser of two evils solution. Right. We've been doing that. So we get those candidates endorsed, and we can magnify these things nationwide as a result. So like in here, Joe Collins for Congress, right? Uh, we can take his website and emails and things and put them on our websites. And we want to try to be one very good source for candidates nationwide in all these states. And the last pillar we the, of the four pillars is uh, constitutional coaching and education. Mm,
2: very
3: important,
9: so Patriot Academy, uh, I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but we use, it's them, it's it's Hillsdale. Uh, I might look into this one I heard about today with the 1776 Freedom Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not trying to be an organization that creates curriculum for that, but we are creating people to go out and teach it. So if someone's already doing something, we're not trying to duplicate the efforts. Right. We're, we're going to take what they do, and we're just going to be the people that implement it. So a best example is in Kansas, a group of six guys in Wichita coming together, going through the Patriot Academy certification, and then they're going to treat it like church planting, I guess. They're going to they're gonna be the seeds that continue throughout the state, drive around, and, and coach people from one-year-old to 101. Um, the lady leading that effort and coordinating the effort for the na- nationally is in Mississippi, and she's been doing it for a while. Sounds like she's doing an awesome job, huh? She is, and she's—I'm convinced that the founding fathers had founding mothers who did all the work.
3: Oh, you, do you, if anybody thinks that the founding fathers went to work all day and talked about how awesome they were and America was going to be, and then they went home and ran it past their wives who probably told them, "Okay, that part's stupid. That part's a little overreach. <laughs> <Yep>. Let's fix <laughs> exactly. This, then, then you need to get your head examined because that's exactly what happened. Yep. Uh, and anyone who's been married for for any certain amount of time knows that that's the way it goes. You could you could think yep. you do the best. I always talk about this podcast, uh, you know, at home, sing its high praises, and then every once in a while, my wife's like, "Hey, I listen to your episode in the car." really <laughs> well that's how i feel about it and she's like yeah well you need to say it in a little nicer way or you need to not like go over the top on stuff and i'm like hey we're just trying to lead people in the right direction you know we always tell them to go do their own research and education so yeah it's one of those things i think that's pretty awesome uh some of the things you touched on that are that are hot topics on this show uh first one is when you when you got into the constitution the state right versus the federal right now we're seeing a lot of uh pushback on both ends in regards to the presidential election yeah regardless of how you feel, anything happened to the outcome, whatever political candidate you endorsed or support, right now you see uh, you know, people in the White House, in the DOJ, uh, some of the federal law enforcement agencies really trying to infringe on and violate states' rights when it comes to running audits or checks and balances and things yep. like that nature. What is your opinion on you know, that that whole situation and kind of how it, it, it does kind of tie into some of the stuff yeah. you're talking about?
9: If I could snap my fingers and in one day have... Every single county in this entire country had given a forensic audit. that would do it. True story. Um, some of the people that are involved in what we're doing in Restore Liberty are some of the people on the national scene helping with this. Uh, like uh, Seth Kestrel, who's been on a bunch of interviews on OAN, and he's he's helping me down in Texas while yeah. he while he does his own thing. I mean, we're not we're not an organization that tries to take over anybody else's efforts. We just want to pull alongside and help you help you pull that plow, I guess. Right. But. Um, if, you're ignoring, if you think that there was not election fraud, then you are pursuing power and you don't care because you've wanted these results. Yep. Uh, or you're
3: just completely unengaged from yeah. the process. Because somebody told you it was the safest and most secure election in the history of the universe. You heard it on TV. Rachel Maddow or Jim Acosta told you that. Right. So you have to believe it. I'm not really good about uh, taking what people tell me just for gospel
9: every single time. Yeah, especially coming from those characters. Well, in 28 years in the Army, I've been lied to plenty. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'm not in any hurry to accept it now. <laughs> I'm retired. Does That'll it, happen. Does it look
3: like it? No. It doesn't not, feel like at it at all. all. You look younger <laughs> than me, and now I'm, I'm certain after you just said how long you were in the Army that you're older than me.
9: Well, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm approaching 50, and whenever, and whenever I give a speech somewhere on, on Restore Liberty, a lot of the times I start out with... Um, uh, I don't want to be here. And that usually gets their attention. They're like, oh, this is a real motivator. Uh. I do
3: see where you're going with that because, I mean, at the end of the day, we shouldn't have to. Like, this is an exactly. awesome event. This is a combination of medical awareness, spiritual awareness, government awareness, everything. You, some of the heavy hitters that are here talking. But we shouldn't have to be doing this. But we shouldn't right. have to be going around. Yeah, and exactly. it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be getting all the bad press that it's getting either. Right. Like, uh, we, we we heard from several people who are connected directly to the event that you know Mike Lindell didn't come to the media event that long yesterday and took off today because from the moment he got here up till the moment he spoke both times and then from the moment he got done speaking as he went back to his car he was harassed by the media oh of course and, Of course. and yeah. they're just all over him and it, it makes you feel bad that someone who like him who's given up pretty much everything from his business, all of his money, th- things that aren't necessarily yeah. important, but all the families he works for and represents to just come out and get harassed and, and blown up everywhere yeah. he goes. I, I totally,
9: if this goes, you know, public, well, we start. We actually start public Monday, Okay. tomorrow. Congratulations. The press release goes out today. I've got a really good public relations person helping me on this, and, and we're going to start going... Monday, Tuesday, we'll kind of see who bites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, I pitched this entire thing to Mike Lindell on the side of a lake in Montana, and he, and he loved it, and he's one of our, our big proponents and supporters. And when
3: you were on the side of this lake in Montana, was he wearing one of his suits? Well,
9: I wouldn't know because he was somewhere else. Oh, okay. I was, I was oh. in the only 50 feet of cell phone coverage in
0: about a three and a half hour drive. Nice. Which is, by the way, awesome at many times. I was, I was, Im- I was imagining Mike Lindell like, wearing like, a fishing outfit. Okay, like, like the, the vest, hat. the hat with the hooks in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like
9: that. Yeah. Picture. Um, you ever watched Mash? Yeah. Yeah. Colonel, uh, the, the the first Colonel that has the fishing all you know, the oh, fishing yeah, hooks in yeah, yeah. his hat. He, yeah. he fits that yeah, very well. Yeah, definitely does.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's I can he's see it's Perfect template for that. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to touch on, and, and you may have your opinion on it or not. we we've we've run into some really terrible things here in california especially over the last year and a half with gavin newsom Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll just hit a couple of his benchmarks even though um you know i could go on for an entire two-hour podcast on our show every week not closing his own business uh canceling school and sending all of his kids to school not adhering to mask mandates when everybody else was enforced canceled sometimes arrested businesses shut down because of it Uh, stuff with the budget, I mean, his teamwork with Kamala Harris and Becerra, who took their show to Washington, D.C. to continue the destructive nature that's gone on here in this state for as long as he's been governor all the way up till now, the list goes on and on. Uh, We do have some candidates emerging uh, as of of late. Do you... Look into California politics at all? Do you, do you? I mean, I don't know if you necessarily have any investment, or, or or who do you think would be, you know, out of the people that are kind of emerging from the pack would be a good fit for uh, running for governor here. You got
9: it right the first time. Is uh, uh, I'm definitely not ready to render an opinion on that. <laughs> what I've seen though is that there's nowhere to go but up. Right. Uh, that it's is bad. for sure. And, and, and I'll tell you that. Uh, would governor, you say it's a toilet or a trash can? Um, what if you? Took Why don't, p- don't you put a trash can in, in the toilet. toilet? Yes, yeah. I like it. Yeah. So Montana, of course, we have a lot of California influences, just like people leaving the state and moving right. up there, and and so we do pay attention because we all know what happens in California can trickle over to the rest of the country and have an effect on. We're us. We're not all like that. We well, I know. Oh, well, I know, but. <laughs> But did you know that Gavin Newsom was up in
3: Montana during the middle of the pandemic, visiting family in the Bitterroot Valley? He sure was, and he, he that that includes his trip to Mexico, his trip to Hawaii, and all the other yeah. vacations. We we like to point out all of his uh, we, he calls the missteps or uh, overlookings when he does stuff yeah. like that. So. He's
9: overlooked a lot. He sure yeah. has. And we, we and trust me, as I talk to folks around the country, everybody's noticed. Yeah, everybody's clapping hands on the recall effort, and I, I think that's. I think it's an opportunity and a wonderful opportunity for Californians really to step up and hopefully, with a legitimate election, get a governor who's worthy and able to at least try to be a decent person and and help turn this state around. Because California is a beautiful state with... shitty you know, people crazy potential
3: well, endless yeah. potential <laughs> <laughs> I mean you yeah. could say, it'd say it's one of the best economies in the world but we'd have to rebuild that after Gavin Newsom helped destroy it for the last year and a half yeah and well, there's no doubt about it we, we
9: people see it all over the country and it's just like well let's we wish we could vote but yeah. we get it a lot of people praying but for California from what I have seen though is two probably I think two or three candidates that one of them was up here yesterday and just the initial conversations was this person would be phenomenal yeah. compared to him I mean it's It's kind of like showing a light in the darkness. You can't help but see it.
3: Yeah. The debates are going to be pretty awesome based off some of the people that we've heard speak here. We've got at least one more going today. I'm interested to kind of hear uh, not just like the Instagram funny stuff. I want to hear uh, somebody like Larry Elder is going to speak in a little while. I want to Mm -hmm. hear him actually talk about some of the things that he wants to do for the state, not just save the state and make fun of Gavin Newsom. That's... I'm yeah. done with those
9: politics. So well, that, that gets into one of the major areas behind why Restore Liberty is, I think, unique in a lot of ways. A lot of the conversations you hear mm-hmm. out there are people highlighting the problems. And, I, you know, it's great. I have, I have no problem with that whatsoever. We should highlight all those problems, but... What, uh, what is often getting people frustrated is they're looking for the solutions. Right. And uh, you see that turning now with people with affidavits mm-hmm. and you know, the mask stuff, the vaccine stuff, and a variety of different things the kind of. The death counts. Yeah, those kinds of hmm. things coming out, all the audit results, those are, those are somewhat solutions or at least evidence that leads to the need for a solution. Right. This was entirely built on the fact that there needed to be a solution and there needed to be something that was a national strategic vision in order to pass a huge message to Washington, D.C. from across the country. So if you've got a, whatever the group is called, I talked to uh, a person in the building here who was, he's with a group called the Inland Empire Inland Empire Liberty Coalition. Okay, great. That's awesome. How about we pull alongside of each other in some way, whether it be in the state or be nationally, it doesn't really matter, and, and, and pull this plow together, and you can take our logo and say we're the Inland Empire Liberty Coalition affiliated with Re- the Restore, Li- Restore Liberty Coalition nationwide, right. something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, uh, we don't have to be big as Restore Liberty, but we can really pass a message of what all these constitutional patriot groups are doing by having a consistent message and, and the logos and various things that go right. along with it. Uh, In the end, even though we know it's National Strategic Vision, the grassroots are the heroes, Yeah, the the people doing the chores, the hard work. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, that stuff that goes in, and it's good to be um, organizing at the national level like you are. I know know you've covered it a couple times. You've mentioned it, but I want to give, since we're wrapping up here, just one more time, the name of the organization and the website that they could reach it at, and that, like you said, you're going live tomorrow. So anyone that's listening to this show this week, like he said, it doesn't matter your state. Go on, register. All you need is a name and a zip code, and then get that stuff in the mail, and let's send a message to Washington, D.C. that, you know, we're kind of fed up. We're, we're tired of them not holding themselves accountable and, and doing whatever they want when they expect us to do direct opposite, and, uh, you know, go out and support this awesome organization that's coming up right now.
9: Awesome. Thanks. Uh, it's uh, So we're Restore Liberty. Very mm-hmm. simple. We're at uh, restore-liberty.org, and the last thing I guess I would tell people is – Despite all the stuff we see in media, the ability to communicate across this country regularly has led me to one simple conclusion, that community is back. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And community is politics, and politics is how we communities make their decisions about how they want to live together. Yeah. And it is coming back in a huge form, and I would tell you our opposition on the left who seeks to destroy us in pieces is going to be surprised by what they've awoken.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I 100% agree. All right, it's Darren on. Darren Gobb, restoringliberty.org. Thanks for nope. stopping by with us today. Just,
9: just restore, no restoring, just restore liberty. Restore liberty.
3: Yep. Like but happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, joining us now, author and soon-to-be show host, Melissa Tate. Welcome to the Steak for Breakfast podcast.
10: Thank you so much for having me.
3: How are you doing today?
10: I'm doing great.
3: So I need to ask you, like I've asked everybody else, how did you get connected with Clay, and how's your experience been so far um, on the Reawaken America tour?
10: Well, actually, um, I I was in, in the on the original uh, tour mm-hmm. in Tulsa, okay. so I heard about it. Clay approached me and said, "Would you like to speak?" I was like, "Wow, okay, what a great honor!" So I signed up to speak, and I spoke at the very first one, and it was a great success and it's been amazing to be on this tour just meeting so many different people and the speakers are just amazing just top notch
3: yeah all the different stuff that's going on it's uh, we've talked with so many people over the last 2 days we've saw some of the you know speakers as well and it's just like kind of a spiritual political medical revival yes, it a- awareness is. bringing that you know what you hear on the news at night may not necessarily be the stuff that you hear uh, truthfully all the time, right. and that not only are some like key political figures going to come out and talk about stolen elections or don't get vaccines, you're going to have medical experts, you're going to have pastors, you're going to have doctors, and you know people of that nature come out and, and really kind of deep dive into like what the actual facts are and, and, and just bringing awareness and, and spiritual wellness to people. Yeah, that's been awesome. Um, you, you are an author. You wrote a book. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it?
10: Okay, so um, I'm actually an immigrant from Zimbabwe. I, okay. came, I came to the United States when I was 19 years old. Um, I basically came during a time that my country was going through an economic collapse due to Marxism and communism that was starting to take root in the country. And uh, when I arrived in the United States, basically, I had $300 in my pocket and a suitcase, and I had to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, by the grace of God, supernatural provision and hard work, I was able to pay my way through college. I graduated with a business degree. That's awesome. I worked as an investment advisor for about three years, and then I started my own business in e-commerce at a time when e-commerce was really beginning to take off. Mm-hmm. So my business skyrocketed more than I ever expected it would. So by the time I was 27 years old, I had a Business. I was doing seven figures in revenue. I was traveling around the world, multiple employees, basically living the American dream. Mm -hmm. So when I start to hear this narrative that America is evil and racist and oppressive to minorities, I know that to be a false uh, premise. Mm. So I felt that the Lord put it on my heart to speak up against it. You know, as somebody who, you know, came here, a black person, Oh. With nothing. And I, was I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Noah? Nope, didn't notice. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just through hard work and making good choices, just having a mother who instilled the values mm-hmm. that kind of set me up to be the success that I was. It had nothing to do with my skin color. So I wanted to push back on that. But further than that, I just wanted to draw the, um, the uh, connect the dots for people that this is, um, you know, the whole narrative of racism and systemically racist. systemic racism is actually Marxism. Mm-hmm. Because this is something that I experienced in my own country where we had um, the same type of oppressed versus oppressive type paradigm that was used to destroy the country. Right. So I wanted to connect those dots for people so that they understand that this is not about you know caring for black people and trying to make black people's lives better or whatever, which is what the left wants you to believe. But this is really about creating... A narrative that is gonna um, weaponize you know uh, black people to tear down to use black people as a weapon to tear down the system because right. you're gonna feel sorry for black people so we're gonna have to tear down capitalism we're gonna have to tear down you know every institution in America to save the black peoples but it's got nothing to do with black people because at the end of it The black people are not going to get anything. And that's what happens in um, these types of situations, like what happened in my country. All the people that were called the so-called oppressed that we had to, you know, cater to, they got nothing out of the deal. So it ended up destroying the entire country to where only a tiny elite is who is actually surviving in the country.
0: Yeah, the pawns on the chessboard. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that's
3: really uh, extremely destructive right now. We've talked about it with a couple of our different hosts and guests that we've had on over the past two days. Just how you know people uh, as young as children in elementary school are being uh, taught that not only are they worthless and they should hate themselves, but they should hate every other person as well. Absolutely. And nothing can fix it because the country was founded on the you know those pillars of hate and racism and things of that nature. When you you kind of just kind of explain it bare bonedly like that there is no workable solution.
10: Absolutely, and that's the thing with the left, is they're, uh, everything they set up is something that is utopian and unattainable. So they always want to say, we want to eradicate racism. That is an unattainable thing. So we're never gonna be happy and we're never gonna be a good country until we eradicate racism and we regulate how people feel about other people. Right. And that's done by design, so that they can continue to perpetuate this idea and uh, perpetuate the resentment in the oppressor class so that they can continue to foment that revolution that they want to ultimately have.
0: Yeah, a, that's some key points right there. Yeah, you're not going to get rid of racism or stupidity, unfortunately. And right, go hand exactly. In
10: hand.
3: <laughs> so the book comes out, and it kind of outlines some of these things and ideas. How is it, I, I can't assume, only, well, successful immigrant, came to the United States just living the American dream puts out a book that's counter narrative Mm -hmm. Uh, how was it received
10: well you know it's been really well received even by people who are not even political like people who um, don't even really follow politics when I tell them what my book is about they agree with the premise Mm -hmm. you know even people who are you know I think are on the left most of the time if if I don't really like get into the politics Mm -hmm. of anything I just tell them that hey my book is about talking about how it's the choices that you make and not the color of your skin that determines the destiny of your of your, your destiny and the quality of your life. And they right. agree with that premise. So it's been well received. But obviously, you know, we've got far leftists, the, the radicals. They're not obviously not happy about that. You know, Amazon has been playing games with my book on their channel, but despite that happening, we just hit number one. Oh, wow, that's awesome, yes. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> so now I'm officially an Amazon best-selling author.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go hit that on Amazon right now, <laughs> just to spite them.
10: Yes, exactly, so. And what's the name of the book? The name of the book is Choice Privilege.
0: Okay, well,
3: I've heard something like that before.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just awesome, so moving forward now, Um, You said you're going to be starting a show. Mm -hmm. It's going to be called Reality Check, and you brought your partner, co-host, with you today. Uh, Why don't you introduce her and then tell us a little bit about it?
10: Okay, so uh, the show is called Reality Check, and uh, Lisa's going to be co-hosting it for me. So Lisa, she's got a very interesting story. She came from the left, the very far left, and she was an operative on the left. So she brings a very unique perspective, and actually speaking to her is what kind of gave me the framework for the show, which is um, which is we wanted to focus on not just giving people information because right. her coming from the left to the right, she noticed that there's a lot of talk about the problems and no strategy on what to do. So she's a very strategic person, and I love that about her. So I'm just going to keep quiet and let her kind of tell her story so
11: that you guys can kind of get to know her a little bit.
3: Lisa, welcome.
11: Welcome. Thanks for having me. And before I tell my story, I want to do a plug for the show. Do it. Reality Check with Melissa Tate. And if you want to get information on when the show is going to launch, please text the word reality to 53445. Once again, text reality to 53445. And then you will be added to the list, and you'll get the updates on the show. Perfect. And then, um, for me to, I'm going to try and condense my story.
3: So you were an um, operative.
11: Yeah, you tell me. You tell me. You, you tell me. Um, so my name is Lisa Watson. I am American. So we have we have uh, opposite, you know, stories about how we arrived at the same place. And I grew up in the Midwest. I'm from Kansas. Um, I always sort of excelled in academics. I was taught also, you work hard in America, then you can produce. Um, I moved away to go to college. I actually moved to Los Angeles to go to college. So it was actually a little culture shock for me. And when I was there, um, even though I grew up going to church, I later found out I was pretty much a cultural Christian. And that's something that America, we're sort of relying on. we have been right. relying on this cultural Christianity and it doesn't really have the power of the Holy Spirit and really having a born again experience. So when I got to college, um, that was the first time I got introduced to adults who said basically Christianity was no different than any other religion, that humans just make up these (laughs) things to explain the universe. And I remember being shocked in my class that I never heard an adult say something like that. And I thought, is he saying that Jesus is no different than Apollo or Zeus? And it really shook me, and it was a seed that was planted. Um, By the time I graduated college, I actually was calling myself an agnostic. So senior year, um, I was doing work-study at the Women's Center. So I was getting some indoctrination into feminism. Um, I needed an internship. So someone there got me an internship at Planned Parenthood. Hmm. So then I started to get indoctrinated into the pro-choice mantra. I did the marches in DC. Um, I was working for a telecom company, and I became a union steward. So now I'm being slowly indoctrinated into socialism. Mm Um, and then a few years later, I got an introduction to a, a friend of mine. It was his neighbor. So she happened to be the president of the ACLU. So oh, within wow. a week of meeting her, she said, you, you should be on our board. So I joined the board of the ACLU. Two years later, I'm the affirmative action officer. <laughs> two years later, I'm the president of the Kansas City chapter. Two years later, I found the racial justice task force. And two years later, I'm on the board, the national board in New York City. Wow. So... I thought that I was moving up and everything was working, everything was fine. Um, one night, um, there was nothing amazing about this particular day, but I just went home, I was going to watch some TV, and there was a movie coming on called Love Come Softly. I had seen the movie before, I wanted to watch it again. I turn on the movie, and that movie does not come on, instead there's this man on the screen and the name of his show was, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist i thought that was the funniest title so i said i'm gonna watch it and then he announces that he can prove the existence of god and he doesn't have to use the bible well for me that was key because i wasn't going to really believe the bible so he starts um unraveling atheism using scientific and historical Mm -hmm. and archaeological and cosmological um language Mm -hmm. and i was shocked. So I remember grabbing a piece of paper and I started scribbling notes. Um, And this man's name was Frank Turek. And then he explained what apologetics was, which I had never heard of in my life. So by the time it was over, I actually was feeling dizzy, like lightheaded. And I turned on the side of my bed and then I heard a voice. And the voice said, you're being lied to. And I was wondering, well, how can all these people get together and lie? They don't know each other. Watson and Crick and Darwin and... um, hubble and einstein and then the voice said um the god of the bible is true jesus is his son when satan fell he took a third of the angels and they created all the religions because they want to be worshiped well this has never occurred to me in my life so i i knew i just felt like i had to respond and all i could come up with was i gotta look into this And then it was over. When I had the piece of paper and that man's name, and then I just started looking into it. Over the course of a year and a half, two years, every doubt I had had been addressed. (laughs) Everything, all my questions were being answered. I don't even know how, but they were being answered. I tell people I went to YouTube University, (laughs) and it unraveled my whole world view. Um, After that, I, I felt like I got this calling, i'm supposed to work um in school choice and i started you know researching how we can shift our education system um that christian kids should not be in secular education and i started building this platform um to go out to churches and start talking to them on these issues and then last year, I had a divine appointment where I met Melissa on the street <laughs> at a rally. <laughs> we,
10: were pro- t- we were protesting the
11: lockdowns. Yeah oh, nice. That's awesome. I like In it. the lockdowns. <laughs> <a> perfect story. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time we met, we exchanged numbers, but we never called each other. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. And then 30 days later, a divine appointment. We're now both out of state. At the same place. At the same place, in the same part of the arena. like The media like, section at the Trump rally. Oh, wow. <laughs> Trump that Trump very Trump. first Trump rally yep. post-COVID nice. lockdowns. So mm-hmm. now we're shocked looking at each other. Like, didn't we just meet on the streets in <laughs> Kansas? Did you guys call each
0: other from three feet away? Like, just make sure? <laughs> <laughs>
11: <laughs> so this time we made a definitive date. When we get back to Kansas City, we're going to connect. We went, we had coffee, and then we've just been hanging out and just brainstorming and feeling like this calling because she sort of feeling like she's called into this political space even though that's not where she was to begin with. So when she, she got approached about doing the show, she said, yeah, maybe can I have a co-host? Because um, we really tease things out. And she's so strong on the conservative viewpoint from, you know, she's got an amazing background. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you can't argue with her because black people in America, we're not doing, like, we're not with, third world country African Mm standards so no matter what your complaint is here she can always say well
3: yeah no it's true story what
11: about this so and from my perspective being on the left I bring the ability to sort of translate right conservatives need some translators so when you're talking about critical Yeah, not always race, good with that, yeah. yeah. It's Charlie Brown's teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we're talking about critical race theory, so oh. she does all this research on critical race theory, writes this book, has her testimonial weaved into it. I just bought it powers. from the Fall. Oh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> we do do stuff like that when we say we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so all this power, and then... I mean, I learn from her because I need to constantly be, this is where I should have been the mm-hmm. whole time. So now I always see that like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. So then when I take critical race theory and translate it and say the problem from the leftist perspective, mm-hmm. with critical race theory, because I wouldn't subscribe to it as a leftist. To me, it's, it's fake. I'm like it's not revolutionary. Yeah. It's not a revolution for you to tell me that I'm oppressed. Right. Like why are they even fighting for critical race theory? Um, well,
0: you on the left are a little bit of a rare thing yourself because a lot of the times when you speak to somebody on the left, they aren't willing to listen to reason. They're not willing to have a intelligent conversation. Like a lot of times when you have a, a conversation with somebody on the left and you start making
2: sense. points that <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, make sense and make points that actually are legitimate and are backed up by facts and science or whatever you want to call it. It just turns into a yelling match and they call you a fascist. Mm-hmm. But well, that's usually where it ends up. And a racist.
11: Because you're bringing Same conservative thing. talking points. Right, yeah. I'm bringing leftist talking so, points. Yeah. So mm-hmm. from a leftist perspective, let's just say you believe in critical race theory. And you tell me, what's the foundation? Mm-hmm. America is a white, inherently racist country. Every system in America is inherently racist, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So then my lo- my logical question is, well, are the government schools inherently racist? So you you cannot tell me they're not. Mm-hmm. You're not a you can't say that because yeah. you just told me everything was. Yeah. So then School I say, choice. well logically <laughs> yes. 85% of all government teachers are white females. So you're telling me that the white females who benefit to maintain the current system are now in charge of dismantling the current system? Mm. That doesn't make any logical sense as a leftist. No. So it's a fake revolution because who's putting Karen in charge of the revolution? Right. <laughs> Malcolm's not going to put his kids there. No. Martin's not. Frederick Douglass isn't. Booker T isn't. that yep. Nat Turner isn't. Oh okay. So you don't make any own schools. So if you really want a revolution, we should be building our own schools. So now I'm in charge, not the NEA, Mm -hmm. not the Karen's. Good. So it's a controlled it's controlled opposition. Yeah. So either way it goes, conservatives are saying we need to have more educational options. And so to me, if you're really a radical leftist, if you're really with the Panthers, <laughs> you should be saying, Oh yeah, we need to we need to have a, we need more education options. You better get your checkbook out. So now conservatives mm-hmm. and liberals are having overlap on this issue. That's the most powerful issue going on in mm-hmm. America right now. Who's in charge of educating the children? That's what the debate is about. Yeah. So all education is indoctrination. It's mm-hmm. just who's in charge.
3: It's so it's so interesting to see. We've we've broken down uh, critical race theory several times on our show. We've pointed out some of the just the weird things like you say that go along with it. How can the people that build up the system say that the system is the one that's destroying itself and vice versa? It just doesn't make any sense or match up. And then when you look at some of the founding fathers, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're heads of departments at Harvard. They're and doing Yale. pretty good. They're they're editors and chiefs at the New York Times coming up with stuff like 1619 Project and things like that. And then you look, and and they're telling you, okay, I'm a black person, and I'm telling you that everything is racist from the signing of the Founding Fathers Constitution, you know, beginning of America, all the way up through now. Every system, every person, it's ingrained in their DNA. Mm -hmm. And then you start to look and research these people, and you see, like... How did you get there, then? Right. Yeah studied at Harvard became department chair became head of department got his doctorate became a lawyer and I'm just like
10: well how is well he saying well not me right how is he
3: saying everyone is crap when he's like a perfect example of not
10: crap exactly well so. going back to what you were talking about like facts and logic it actually comes from an ideology called postmodernism. I don't know if you guys are mm-hmm, familiar mm-hmm. with that. And basically, postmodernism says that it's not uh, the truth, logic, reason doesn't matter. The only thing, actually, Lisa is the one who told me about a new book uh, that the left is now using because, you know, we talk about rules for radicals. Right, yeah. But then they have a new book now. She, she can talk a little bit about that. But I wanted to make the point that. It's not about the truth or the facts or logic or reason anymore. It's about narrative. So it doesn't matter what the facts are. It doesn't matter what the truth is. It doesn't matter what the data says. It's all about narrative. And that comes right out of uh, postmodernism, which is the new ideology of the left that is driving all of it. So it's really hard to try and have a conversation with somebody who doesn't even No, it's like they're
3: just programmed to say and hear only one response, and if that response isn't the one that you're regurgitating, then you're the enemy and part of the problem.
2: Right.
3: Um, give us some specifics on the show. I know you guys are getting ready. You gave us the code that we'll link with your guys in our show when we air it um, for information coming up, but what can you tell us about it so far? What's it gonna be about, like, moving forward? I mean, obviously you guys got some foundations and stuff that you're probably really burning on that you want to get out in the beginning, but where do you see it going long-term?
10: Well, basically, we're going to be talking about the issues that are happening in America right now. You know, all the things that we're talking about at this conference, you know, um, the health issues, the critical race theory, um, the Marxism and uh, socialism that's coming into America. We're going to be talking about all the issues, but we're going to focus. We're not just going to focus on educating and informing our audience. Right. We want to motivate them to become activated. So uh, Lisa and I have a uh, I guess a tagline, right? And it's uh, educate, motivate, activate. So oh, I like that's it. what yeah, we're going to be trying to do. So are you, are you uh, making t-shirts? <laughs> we should. That'd be good. Yeah, well, actually, we do have some <laughs> reality check t-shirts. You have so. to
3: put the red glowing eyes, though, when you say activate. <laughs> I know you guys know what <laughs> activate. I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, exactly. yes,
10: I know that. So, but yep. that's even perfect. Oh,
11: that, that's a good one. That's, yeah. a, that's a good t-shirt with the red eyes, yes. activate. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess... So, it, so, I'm sorry, Just a little background on how we came up with the Educate, Motivate, Activate. Mm-hmm. So I had told her when I was unraveling, coming out of the left, that I started um, stealthily going to conservative meetings. So I made a list of what are conservative issues. So, okay, we have the Second Amendment. We had strong borders. We have school choice. voter integrity family values, so I would look up and go online and find these meetings and I would just go and sit in the back and then I would listen and they would give the speeches and then I would leave and I would walk into my car and I would always say what's the plan? Like, nobody ever got to the point of where's the strategy. Yeah, we got the problem,
0: but how do we fix it? They say they're
3: ruining our schools, they're taking our guns, they're opening our borders, dot, dot, dot.
11: Right, but if I'm in a liberal meeting, there's no way it's not going to be constructed that way. You're spending most of the time on the response (laughs) than you're spending on... We can can watch the news and find out what the reporting is. Of course. So when we discussed it, that's how we came up with the theme. We educate, that's what we're getting... Then you talk about testimonials, you give examples, and and that's where people get motivated, but then you can't just leave them hanging. Then you move into activation mode. So we want to spend a lot of time giving conservatives tools, tiny tools that that liberals use all the time to get you activated. What can you do on your own that's going to have an impact? Mm -hmm. And that's some of the things, so one of them, um, I call the postcard strategy, very small thing. So everybody knows what a postcard is, you can Mm -hmm. get it for 30 to 50 cent at a drugstore. Everybody knows what a stamp is, you can get it for mail a postcard for 30 to 50 cent. So for $1, you're gonna have an activation. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example of how it works. Every conservative I know, they're in conservative groups, they're in Bible study. So let's just say you have a group, 20 people. That's a small group, 20 people in your Bible study, they may meet at your house once a week, maybe once a month. So when they meet, the person that's in charge of the meeting would have 20 postcards, random postcards from the drugstore. Before the meeting um, adjourns, hand out the postcards, and everybody write a little note that says, um, I'm uh, against critical race theory for this particular reason, put a stamp on it, and now I have 20 postcards that I can mail to the legislature that week.
3: All from different people. All from
11: different people, and now we're meeting monthly. So by the end of the year, that one group can send 240 postcards to the governor, to the legislature. Now multiply that by all the Bible studies in America. Yeah. Now we've been influential for one dollar yeah
3: Yeah. it makes it makes a whole lot of sense and it's definitely one of those easy solutions that you know when you started explaining to it I was like all right where she's going with this and then as soon as I saw you grab the cards I was like I know exactly where she's going with this and it <laughs> made just as much sense yeah. um, we are gonna link you guys in our show description when we put it up this week but we want to give you guys the opportunity to say where they can whether it's Twitter Instagram a website mm-hmm. and then again the name of your show before we break here please
10: okay absolutely yeah uh, so you can actually follow me on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at the right Melissa okay the right Melissa, and that's one l two s's on the <laughs> and then, um, obviously, uh, you know, text that number. Is it 53445? Yeah. Four four it is. 53445. Yes, to five. get notification on the show. And my website is melissatate.me. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: That's your website? Yes.
10: And then I think
3: in our community, this is going to be something that, you know, I think a lot of our people are going to be excited about because, there's so many people in our community who listen to our show, a lot of the guests we have on, they think a lot of the problem, it's obviously not with them because it's not really, they're just part of our community. They're family members, they're co-workers, and, and it's people like you that are going out there and, and kind of, they'll be able to direct your traffic to the people that they say, you know what, just listen to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Listen to someone from the other side of the coin that's been there. I mean, you've done it as an immigrant, you've done it coming from the left. And it's just an amazing story, Lisa. What about you? You have some contacts you want to give out for us?
11: Yes, on Twitter, I am Watson speaking, at Watson speaking on Twitter, and I'm uh, also Watson speaking on Gab, mm-hmm. Parlay, and Gitter. I haven't been posting that much there, but the same tag on all of them. It's good to have accounts. We have one there too.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I think this has been pretty awesome. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, thank you both for stopping by. Best of luck on your show, and thank you very much for all the hard work that you're doing out there.
11: Thank you. Thank Thank you. No way, thanks, Mom.
3: We're joined now by Sarah Stevens. She's a gubernatorial candidate out here in California in the recall election, and she's joining us on Steak for Breakfast. Sarah, thanks for taking the time to come sit down with us today.
4: Absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
3: Oh man, how has this been for you at the Reawaken America Tour event out here in Anaheim?
4: It's been absolutely amazing. We I just
3: saw you speak by the way, yeah. Thank we, were, you. we were in the room,
0: yeah. It was good.
4: Awesome. Yeah, it was just such an, it's such an incredible experience to be with over 2,500 patriots okay. that love God and country. The energy in the room inside and outside is just, it's absolutely breathtaking.
3: It's been a pretty awesome experience for us as well this weekend. Um, How did you get connected with Clay and, uh, you know, kind of jump on the event?
4: Yeah, so actually I have my PR director and we were strategizing once I met her and we were sharing about our vision of how to win California. And she was saying, Sarah, I just really believe with all my heart we need to get Trump's endorsement. Mm -hmm. And her, actually it's her cousin, told her about Clay Clark and we, didn't really even know anything about him (laughs) and anything that he was doing and she said he has these amazing tours and you have to talk to him and i got the blessing and the opportunity to talk to clay on the phone and immediately the day that i talked to him he said i'm endorsing you for governor and i'm so behind you 100 percent."
3: that's awesome i'm sure it was a pretty high energy phone call as, as it's been when he's come on our podcast
4: yes and the cool thing about it is that when the shutdown happened in 2020, him and his wife were out helping business owners and all the businesses came to him for help and they have five kids. And then my husband and I are out here in Southern California and when they shut everything down, all of our friends and our business owners came to us for help and we have five kids. So it's literally like Clay and I are twins.
3: Yeah, it really is. I thought that was awesome. You gave a really good speech this morning out in the sanctuary over there and, and thought it was extremely powerful. It seems like you're really getting organized. Your vision's starting to, you know, come off of you. And, and really, why don't you talk to, you know, we're based in California, so it affects us. Yep. We were 100% for the uh, recall. I laugh every time we pull up to our third podcaster, Host's house he's got the, he's big got the sign recall newsome right in his front yard so i always chuckle when i drive past it i may have mailed in five or ten of those pages myself nice yeah we, we, we definitely did a good job of uh getting the word out there when the recall event was going on but now that we're here and we have a candidate sitting with us why don't you tell our listenership a lot who's based in southern california and just california overall wh- what are you bringing to the table as far as you know you said you want that trump endorsement i also think that's huge um but but what affects us here in california what are some of the things you're running on
4: so the top three things that I'm fighting for personally is, number one, we have to have a prosperous, thriving economy. Mm-hmm. That is why 175,000 people have left our, left our state this last year, is because people simply couldn't feed their families anymore. Mm-hmm. People were literally desperate. So we, how are we going to have a prosperous economy? We have to cut the taxes. We have to cut all these crazy regulations. Yes. We have to clear the state of basically what has happened to all these small business owners because so many of them right now still have cease and desist fines lawsuits on their records i personally have friends that are business owners out in burbank out in los angeles county that were arrested three times for having their business open so we have to clear all these people's records give them a fresh start i'd love to put money behind small businesses so that they Mm -hmm. could come back to life and then the second thing I'm fighting for is we have to reform our education system. Yes. We have to, hands down. It's unbelievable what they're doing right now in the schools. So I'm 100% against critical race theory. I'm 100% against the indoctrination of our youth, telling them right now what they're trying to push is with four and five-year-olds that there's 15 different genders. <laughs> and I actually live an hour north of San Diego, and they're pushing it with our youth out there. Yeah, so. They are. We have to reform our education system, and the third thing I'm fighting for is we have to get the homeless off the street. Yeah, We're leading the nation in homelessness. If we do not stop this now, By a will lot. overtake all of California. So I believe we're at a very crucial point, and we can turn it all around right now if the Patriots rise up and they vote yes to recall Newsom and yes for Sarah Stevens. Nice.
3: Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. Uh, you have a very lovely family, by the way. I definitely wanted to throw that in there. You introduced them all on stage, and they all have extremely patriotic names. So I think that was awesome as I like well. It. I like it. Thank yeah. you so much. So my spine was getting bigger each kid that you went down, and I was like, all right, what's this one going to be? I was like, oh, that's a good one too. So, yeah, it was pretty awesome seeing you do that. How's the campaign been for you thus far um, since you've announced?
4: It's been really great. It's been really great. So we've had so many people come behind us. I think the most incredible and amazing part of our whole journey has been the people that we've met along the way. And I have to tell you, we have such a dynamic team. We have people from pretty much almost every country around the world. We have people from Vietnam that came from Vietnam fleeing communism on boats, literally, years ago, (laughs) that are fighting for freedom. We have people that are from Cambodia. They were refugees from Cambodia that saw the 4.1 million people um, massacred over there that are fighting for freedom now with me. We have friends from China that were almost killed in China fighting for freedom with me. So literally, I have met so many patriots along this journey. It is absolutely incredible to see the patriot spirit that nothing can die die that off. Nothing can kill it. Nothing can stop it.
3: Nice. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty interesting that you say all those things right there because two of the last three people that we spoke to were Anna Kate and Melissa Tate. And Melissa immigrated from a war-torn country in Africa. And Anna immigrated from Russia, which is obviously a communist nation. And they pretty much said all of those things that you just did and some of their concerns... Um, You know, some of the stuff that they may have seen with their own eyes, or that their parents have have told them about raising them, and that they're starting to see it again with the indoctrination of children, teaching everyone from the lowest educational levels possible to hate themselves and hate everyone around them because everyone is racist and it's unsolvable. Uh, To say that, you know, our country is the worst country on earth, and, and this, that, and the other thing, it's just, it's spiraled out of control, but like you said, not past the point of no return. And we feel that solid candidates like you are definitely people who are out there making a difference. Yeah, definitely um, out there with a voice that's loud enough to kind of tip the scales back our way towards normalcy. Because it's not even like we want like you're running for um, governor as a Republican, but it's not to turn California Republican. It's to make California normal again or what your campaign's. Slogan is, which is what?
4: Make California gold again. Like so can
0: you explain that? What yeah. does that mean to you especially?
4: Yes. So we're the golden state, right? Mm-hmm. So why did everyone want to come to a California originally? Because of the gold. Because Old they rush, knew yeah. that we had the prosperity. We have, if they just had a little bit of gold, they could have the life of their dreams. Mm-hmm. They could have freedom. And then not only that but look at how beautiful california has always been we have the beaches we have the amazing farmland we have the incredible mountains it's like we literally have everything in california and what's happened this last year is everything's been thrown upside down Mm -hmm. so we want to make california gold again because we want to basically lift the banner of freedom over california we want people to be free we want to break off the shackles break off the chains We're so overhearing people being told they're not essential, not important. Let's tell them they are loved. They are loved by God. They were made for a purpose. And let's make California gold again. Let's thrive financially, spiritually, emotionally, in every way. Let's create an amazing California that will lead the rest of the nation to freedom.
0: I got to go get one of those Make California Gold Again flags now. Yeah, I
3: I definitely like some of the uh, things that are behind that whole narrative. And I love it as a campaign slogan. We want to be able to direct all our California listeners at least um, to be able to find out as much information they can about you and your campaign and what's going on, social media, websites, anything. What do you got for us?
4: Yes. So for any of you social media people out there, please go on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's Sarah, S-A-R-A-H Stevens, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-4. That's F-O-R, Governor. So Sarah Stevens for Governor is all of our social media. And then if you want to look us up on our website, it's www.MakeCaliforniaGoldAgain.com. You can watch some of our videos. You can read up what I stand for, what we've been fighting for. You can donate on that link. You can sign up to be just get more information. We send out an email once a week of all the updates of what's going on with the recall, how people can get involved, all the current events. We have teams right now in San Diego, Orange County, LA, Riverside, the high desert, Sacramento. So we're literally taking over California. Nice. Yeah.
3: If you have any information that you'd like to stick out on our show, you have our contact information now, contact us. We run it weekly. Uh, California, the recall event, the governor candidates that are coming up right now are definitely things that we like to cover Uh, because they directly affect us and our families as well. So we'll be definitely working you into the show aside from this interview. Uh, But in the meantime, we wish you the best of luck, all of the blessings, and uh, thanks for stopping by with us today. Thank you so much. It was such
4: a pleasure.
2: We're here
3: with Charlene right now. Thanks for joining us on the Steak for Breakfast podcast. You're going to talk to us about the truth about cancer.
0: Welcome.
12: Yeah, and Steak for Breakfast, that sounds really good. Thank you.
0: I would, I would. So, enjoy. the truth
12: about cancer, do you do you eat, do you eat steak? And I, is it G- GMO free steak? And is it um, grass fed beef that you're talking about here for breakfast?
0: I do the grass fed, yes.
12: Okay, I'm, I'm in. I'm down with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm also a yes. I don't have any right now, but maybe later. You don't have
12: any steaks right now? Not at the moment, no. Well, I guess I'll wait then. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm uh, Charlene Bollinger with the truthaboutcancer.com. Everybody listening, please go to our website. Sign up for our free e-newsletter because guess what? We're being censored. I bet you're surprised to hear that. Not at all.
3: all. Yeah, imagine that.
12: Yeah, so that's okay though because that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. We're here to talk directly to the people. We don't need the fake news. Praise God for a steak for breakfast. Real journalists that are telling the truth, that are holding this corrupt government um, accountable. This is supposed to be what journalism is. And um, we have a lot of mockingbirds mm. that lie about people like me. And they all say it in tandem. The messaging is given to them via a script. And we've so, we've um, seen that, yeah. I am honored to be on the disinformation dozen list with our good friend Bobby Kennedy. Oh, perfect. Sherry Timpenny. And uh, uh, should I say Dr. Sherry Timpenny? Because these right. are doctors. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rashi Bittar. Dr. Judy Mikovits. I mean hello so these people are dangerous along with myself because we actually read the vaccine inserts wow or
3: lack thereof yeah right um it,
12: it tell us about
3: well about the truth about cancer website what are some of the things that our listeners are going to want to uh you know learn more about when they go there to do some research
12: yeah well let me just give you the backstory to, to help the the listeners understand Absolutely. Um, who we are and why we do what we do because that's pretty important um, Ty and I Ty is my husband we were married in 1995 oh, Wow! I saw the, the movie Braveheart and when I saw that movie I said oh my goodness I've got a Braveheart in this <laughs> world I was a little girl uh, Cinderella dreaming about my prince my knight in shining armor and when I saw the movie Braveheart that was my man I And kind so- of, I kind of
0: feel that way about <laughs> Mel Gibson
12: too <laughs> he's your man there it is so, okay so uh, two weeks later, I met Ty. Oh wow! Yeah, and I won't get into the details there, but I'm just going to give you the bullets face, and face painting. So what? Face painting. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He didn't do the face painting, oh, but shame. you know, he was buff bodybuilder okay. and he was really handsome. But most importantly, he was a really, really good guy, mm-hmm. honorable, trustworthy, intelligent, and the best part of it, he had nice long manicured nails. Oh nice. Oh wow. So that told me. He had his act together. Yeah. Now, just look at the nails, and you'll figure out who's who. Right I do there. not have my act Okay, together. just a joke. Some of the smartest people I know have <laughs> really Eat their fingernails, not me possibly, right? But anyways, that's just one of the things I did notice. Um, but we got married within six months. He, on our first date, he said, I don't mean to scare you, but I think I'm falling in love with you. Wow. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. This
0: is the first date? Our first it's date. It's a bold move. Yeah. It's,
12: it was bold. Yeah. Well played, though, yeah. apparently. He's, he's a bold guy and um so three days later i said i love you too nine days later i had the ring on my finger and we almost went out and just got married we were so happy and in the clouds but then we remembered we had a family so we came back down and said we got to have a wedding so we uh six months later finally got married and we were just living the dream i mean princess and braveheart happily ever after you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but then six months into this marriage his dad was diagnosed with cancer we took him to the ER, they cut his stomach out, and 25 days later, he was dead. Mm. They said it was a cancer, but we know today, he bled to death. They couldn't keep the blood in him, blood transfusions. The, the, the operation didn't take, so the surgery killed him, not the cancer. Wow. That was our introduction to cancer. And then six months later, we lost his dad's dad. Then six months later, we lost his dad's brother and his cousin, Glenn. And then um, a couple years later, we lost his mom's mom, and then his mom's dad and family we lost his mom which was my mother-in-love and wow. it was such a blow and all this because we didn't have all of the information that we have now at our fingertips we're both researchers we both love the truth we're both Christians and Jesus Christ is the truth so um, during those years of loss after loss we were researching and when we lost mom that was it we were done we were gonna save lives we are the Avengers oh. so um, we we put, a, But we produced a book, the tre- uh, Cancer Step Outside the Box. We self-published because no publishing company would take it. We wanted complete control over it. So we put it out there. God bless it. It went to the top of the charts. And uh, we reached hundreds of thousands of people. But we had billions to reach because our goal was to reach every man, boy, and girl in the world. And women, too. Uh, I am a woman, in case you hadn't noticed. But, yeah, everybody in the world. <laughs> um, and we, we needed... Uh, more uh, of um, a powerful tool Mm -hmm. so we started making films docu-series we had actually had that trademarked so we um rolled out the quest for the cures in 2014 it was so popular that within the same year we did a follow-up the quest for the cures continues and then in 2015 and 16 i think i'm trying to remember the dates we did the truth about cancer global quest now when we did the first ones we did the american doctors and, and specialists and things But then we had the European doctor saying, come and see us. So we flew Ty and the crew to Europe, and that's when we did a global quest. And that was received so well around the world. We had 20 million views on that um, that movie, and it was incredible. And uh, we just put a template together and we were able to really market and reach people in a new way that others right. weren't doing. Today, everybody's doing docu-series. If you see a docu-series, this is where it began. Mm-hmm. Because I saw how successful we were. But our mission was to save lives. It was never, hey, let's go make just a to make ton movies, of money. Right. Although, you know what though? It's, it's a good and honorable thing to work hard and be compensated for your work. So I'm not undermining that, but our goal was never that. Right. It was always, we've got to save lives because we know what it's like to lose people because you don't have the information. So, it's been a, a blessing and a joy. So, then after we did a global quest, we produced The Truth About Vaccines. Mm. And mm. that was a blockbuster. We did really well with that, reached a lot of people. And then after that, we, we decided we needed to go to Asia. So, we went to Asia. We called that uh, documentary, docuseries, uh, Eastern Medicine Journey Through Asia Seven Countries in Seven Days. So, we hit Japan and I'm trying to remember all of the, the uh, Malaysia, Philippines, Singapore. Unbelievable that that trip was amazing. My son got to be on the camera crew there. That oh, was pretty cool. He was really only cool. 16, and that was really an experience for him. But um, so we've been producing these films, and now we hear from people around the world that were sent home to die, are alive and cancer free because of our work, and our films, and our books. And this is the greatest joy to do. So um, today, we, we have released The Truth About Vaccines 2020. We have millions of people on our email list. And we have millions on social media. Of course, they're eradicating us from social media. All five of yeah. our Twitters, boom, gone. Our vaccine Instagram, bye-bye, gone-gone. We uh, are shadow banned. We're hidden. We're censored. And um, now it's so crazy that I am on the disinformation dozen list, which I mentioned. And uh, now not only do I mention it, but... I say this because the press secretary named us. She said the other day. Yes, she did. She said, well, there's this the 12 individuals that are responsible for 67% of the online traffic of anti-vaccine rhetoric. She's talking about me there. Yeah. And Bobby Kennedy and our friends. So um, she said that people are saying, did you see this? I'm getting all these texts and stuff. And I'm like, oh, great. Game on. Come and get me if you dare.
3: She also said that the vaccines had gone through a rigorous FDA process, She's lying. The
12: gold standard. She's right? lying. She is She's lying and we lying. prove it. That's why we're dangerous. We're dangerous to liars. Yeah. Because we tell the truth. And you know what? When they call us disinformation, show me. Right. What am I saying? It, that's it, it disinformation? usually means you're right
3: over the target. Yep. That's, a, that's what being labeled as that means. Biden
12: mentioned it too. Yeah? Joe Biden. Yeah. He, he accused Facebook of right. killing people because he's allowing us on their platform. Yeah. yeah. The,
3: the only thing that's killing people and making them sick are the people on Facebook spreading disinformation. We played that clip the other day and it was very interesting to see the angle they're taking right now. It seems as uh, <clears throat> as the election fraud narrative starts to heat up, they're really trying to make a big push the other way with the vaccine, misinformation-ers, misinformation people. And uh, like you said, the list of the dirty dozen of disinformationers, and it's just really a, a big joke. Um, well, a lot of the stuff you said really hits at home. My father died. Uh, post-op from a cancer removal surgery back in 2011. And uh, he had battled with it for years, and they finally figured out what they said would be a solution. Um, because of his age and his disability, they didn't want to put him through trials and stuff like that, so they opted for surgery. And he died within two weeks of having it after they said they had cured him. So, um, Just kind of one of those same situations that you had referenced before. So so sorry. Yeah, I love the work that you're doing, and, and also feel sorry in the same sense that you know you had lost so many family members to to bad medicine as well um, what are you guys uh, how did you get connected with clay to jump on this thing
12: yeah so I was in DC at the Trump Hotel with my good friend Marla Maples okay. and uh, we know her, her. beautiful daughter yeah. Tiffany oh you know Marla well I mean we talked about her on the show a oh, okay time. well she's great yeah she actually watched my speech and said that I did great I love her very much she's nice. very sweet But I was with her in DC and she's just such a blessing. And so we're sitting in the lounge at the Trump Hotel Mm -hmm. and um, here comes this snappy dressed guy. And um, he comes and introduces himself, shows us his book, the no masking thing like that. And so we get into a conversation and we just found him to be highly intelligent. We met his beautiful wife and his team was there and he just had his act together. And I'm all about that. So um, we connected. I did his podcast a few times. We became friends, and so I introduced him to the Avengers because he didn't know them. Right, and so he does now. And half of the speakers are my friends that I introduced him to. So. That's how Clay Clark got into this because what's happening right now was my vision. I knew that we needed to do these events. I was calling it La Palooza, Health Freedom. Uh, I wanted an airplane and I wanted to fly the Avengers around, but Clay took the bull by the horns and he's, he's um, doing this. And so it's a blessing that he is. Uh, the, the inception of what's happening right now happened last October in Nashville. I had an event and i brought in clay which then he met roger stone because he was a keynote there and um we had uh mike smith who's out of shadows he's a really dear friend of mine great guy too um and that was the first time mike spoke he he, trusts me god gave us that love for one another you know he doesn't talk a lot right but he's going to be at our live event i'm getting to that oh wow mickey willis was there pandemic he's also well i think he's got anyways he does our events and um, trying to think who else just a bunch of people so it was like a brain session you know because god gave me a download that there was going to be a sea of massless people and we were going to save america so what clay is doing is based on what god put into my heart and so i don't have the bandwidth to to be doing that because i'm doing so many other things uh... running our companies producing these films and then going into producing live event i'm also working on a a toxic free skincare line which we're going to launch this October at live event October 22nd through 24th but the combination of this vision is really going to be realized at our live event and um, so that's going to be at the Gaylord Nashville uh, hotel and it's it's just going to be amazing our speaker lineup is incredible we've got of course Bobby Kennedy and the other Avengers on the (laughs) list and um, we've got David Avocado Wolf and just some people some people that people like Mike Adams our good friend and he doesn't travel either he went to Tulsa because we had talked about it and he's like, okay, I'll go, you're going, but he never travels. He's not doing any more events, but he, he's coming to ours. Oh, that's awesome. So you can meet him, shake his hand, you guys are coming, right? You gotta be in the media room, we're gonna have a media room, I want you guys there, you have to be there. We need to work together. Well, we
0: do need to kind of start.
3: Steak for
12: breakfast, a bit more. And, and maybe you can give me an actual steak when we talk again. We'll, we'll have homework now, so yeah. we can make that happen. You
3: Next, coming? Our third host is, a, is quite the uh, smoker and steak preparer. Yeah, he, he really is, it's like an art form for that guy. But um, our, our show, aside from politics, is definitely bringing the truth to light. Yeah, And uh, a lot of the people that you've talked about who are kind of in your orbit are a lot of the people who we play audio, we reference videos and weekly on this show just to kind of show people um, what you do the 9 to 5 and then what you hear the 5 to 9 is not necessarily what your program needs to be. There's so much more stuff out there, like you said, that they just mockingbirdedly want to tell you repetitively until false narratives and lies become truth. Um, And we're just trying to do the best we can to tell people you need to educate yourself, but at the same time, don't miss out on all these things that are really going on behind the scenes. Like people who aren't in our community would have no idea that this event happened this weekend. Yeah. But now we have the opportunity to take audio, video interviews and upload it all over social media. In lieu of getting banned again, probably, but still, with with the opportunity to show all these people that like, it's okay to feel beat up, it's okay to feel beat down, you know. There's a lot of pressure on the vaccine. Lockdowns might be coming back. Mass mandates are coming back in some places. A lot of people are stressing out over the election, or lack thereof, that we had in 2020. And it's just one of those things where events like this are starting to spread like wildfire. We had so many interviews today. You're probably close to probably 10 of them where they said. This event's awesome. I'm going to be speaking at this event. You know, I'm going to be traveling with this event. But then we have another one going on down the road, which is completely separate with all these different speakers. And it's just so good to feel, you know, like...
0: Yeah, the the ball started rolling, and people are going to continue to do it.
3: America First Revival is really happening right now. And it's people... I mean, I know you, you said that you appreciate the fact that we're out there reporting the real news, but it's people like you that are out there doing the actual work who allow us to report on it and really get the information out to our listenership and beyond that, you know, it's not just Mike Lindell's on TV, they're all going to make fun of him because he's the My Pillow guy. Okay, well, you know, everybody's going to make fun of General Flynn because he got a pardon from Donald Trump but then you start to see like okay that doctor's kind of famous and this doctor did that and that pastor's got a huge church you know and they do fellowship all over the world and it's like oh hmm, well, Ian Smith, a gym owner he's not really a political person but now he's started well maybe they what are they talking about over there and then you go and you hear everybody's different story and everybody's different testimony and you kind of intertwine it with the spiritual event that's been here uh it's amazing and we're very thankful for you um, and all the stuff that you're doing out there we want to be able to direct our listenership uh, anywhere that they can find you. I know you say you're shadow banned and you've had a lot of your accounts nuked, which we're very keen to as well. But yes. you at least have to have a website. Maybe that has got the documentaries and future events and stuff like that coming up. Can you
12: give it to us? Sure. That is the truthaboutcancer.com. Thetruthaboutcancer.com. Our social media channels are linked there. We've got a products page with our films and books and things. Um... I think the one channel that we can actually post, and we are on, I think, Gab, Okay. but we're on uh, Telegram. That's where I post mostly. And what's the um, Telegram handle? The, the Telegram is at the truth about Cancer underscore vaccines. That's Ty and Charlene, and uh, we're close to 40,000 there. I mean, we've got millions everywhere else, but you know, what does that matter if you can't reach those millions yeah. that want to see our content but mm-hmm. are not? So we've got to rebuild, and we're going to continue to work with you guys. So, looking forward to having you at our live event.
0: Well, I guess I would like, love to. I guess our tickets are stamped, then. Huh? Yeah, right.
12: That's your official invite, guys. <laughs> okay. And bring your stakes.
3: Well, we surely really will. Well, Doc- Nick's gonna have to come because he's in charge of that. Yeah, we'll drag him out of the house. Dr. Charlene Brown, thank you for sitting down with us today. Or Charlene Bollinger.
12: Yes. Thank you and for sitting I'm not down. a doctor. I have to say, not a doctor. Ooh, but a- I know a lot of rock star doctors. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Well, we appreciate so, it. Maybe I'm an honorary doctor. We can give you an honorary doctorate. T- I'll take it. Yeah, we'll bring you one of those with the steak. All yeah. right. Okay. Well, you know, I have a signed copy of Roger Stone's um, pardon mm-hmm. from nice. Donald Trump. He just gave it to me last night. That's
3: so amazing. And we, we were really hoping to sit down with Roger today, but I don't think he's going to come over here. I talked to. Uh, she, she's been. She actually, she's been a real treat. We talked with Kristen. Yeah, Kristen. And she's
12: one of my BFFs. Maybe you might have to text and her. And Roger for her. too. I love Roger. So Roger's a good guy. Oh, well, if you can pull some
0: strings for us.
3: Yeah, he, he's... Uh, w- I just got the message from her. Yeah, Kristen Davis? Yeah. Yeah, she said that... What'd she say? She said that we don't have the time that Roger's speaking, but when we do, we'll make sure we uh, find some time to sit down with you. Nice. And uh, This but was
12: I- a pivotal moment in history. It just happened yesterday.
3: Nice. Yeah, it surely is. I can feel I it. I was dominating. a connector. Thank you very call. much. We I'm love it. I'm taking
12: my bow. Curtsy, maybe. Curtain call. I could see the curtsy. Yeah, that Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I did have a dress on. I have one on today, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Okay. So, um... Is Roger coming over? I don't know. I mean, that's going to... I told them minute. that's where I am, so I, I haven't seen the latest text here. But He's
3: speaking right now
12: if you look across the room. That's him. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I'm missing him. He, okay, guys. Well, he's
3: going to be done in four minutes, so maybe you can just I, tell him to come over here and give you the footnotes.
12: <laughs> I'm not happy about that. I'm going to have to re-watch this. I never miss Roger Stone. By the way, for the record, Roger Stone did nothing wrong. We know it. Yeah. Thank you. I agree. We All hope right. that
3: Roger Stone gets on the next presidential campaign as well because it didn't work so well out for us this last time where he wasn't. First one since the 70s.
12: Yes. Yes. This was Roger at the, and Kristen at the VIP party we were at That's awesome. first night. Nice. Yeah. And we were on the red carpet with Clay. Oh, you know this guy probably. Do you know him? Pastor Mark Burns. Oh, yeah. oh of course. Yeah. And then um, Yours Truly with Roger Stone. Nice. Who did nothing wrong. And then the iconic Roger Stone right there. And guys, just for <laughs> those that can't see, I'm on the red carpet with Roger Stone. He is standing there with his iconic sunglasses and his arms up with his Nixon Peace sign. sign. It's really cool. We've got Clay Clark and Kristen Davis and Yours Truly. Yep. We had a good time.
3: Wow, well, it seems like you roll pretty d- Man. We always reference the Avengers on the show, but now I guess there's another new Avengers. Yeah.
12: Yes, well, we are the Avengers. I mean, they act, and then they go home, and they say how they hate America. Yep. That's not an mm, Avenger. Hello. Yeah. No, they're, act- they're pretending to be us. We are the Avengers, right, guys? I like it. There you go. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks, thanks for having we'll me. And hopefully we'll see you soon. Yes, yeah. I hope so. I w- definitely in um, October, Nashville. We're Chances c- of
0: me making in Nashville in October are pretty slim, but I would love to yeah well we'll see what we can do yeah maybe
3: we're yeah
12: you're not going to want to miss this one some names that are coming that i'm not going to say right now you'll cry if you don't come i can Mm. tell you that all right over and out bye guys thank you thank you
3: Now, with miss cc truman who's running for congress out of california's 46th congressional district welcome and thanks for sitting down with steak for breakfast
13: thank you so so much for having me
3: how are you doing today
13: i'm doing great this is an awesome rally
3: yeah, it's really been a good experience this weekend for us, uh, getting to meet everyone and sit down with so many people and sharing them. How did you get connected with uh, Clay Clark?
13: Well, I am running for office uh, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of mutual friends. Mm-hmm. I know Todd Cabunato. Uh A lot of people were posting about this event. And um, cool. I just think if you're in the circles, right. the political circles, you know, you kind of know what's going on. And uh, yeah, I mean, Clay Clark did an amazing, phenomenal job pulling all of this together and um you know it's 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 unifying the republican party um it sure is and and we need that because the democrats they're good at uh unifying but uh republicans we need to do the same
3: agreed no that's good what effective what are some of the things right now that uh compelled you to run uh in your district
13: Well, I'll kind of back up a little and tell you my history. Uh, So I have been married for 28 years. Oh, wow. Married my high school sweetheart and uh, raised three boys, um, homeschooled for 15 years. And uh, my youngest is now third year at Dallas Baptist University. My middle boy is a EMT fireman. Nice. And my oldest is a CFO of a company, and he's got his hands in other business dealings as well. Um, So they're all successful young men now and, you know, during this whole shutdown, uh, it just really got to me and I think just like a lot of other people who are now running for office and people who have decided, you know, complacency is not working for us anymore, we have to rise up, we actually have to do something and get involved. Um, and that's what happened to me, I, uh, you know, I just told the Lord, you know, I prayed, and I said, you know, what, what do you want me to do? I, I was about to jump out of my skin if I didn't do something, right? And um, the Lord just kind of led me to run for our city council, uh, I had a grassroots movement going on I, for the first time, and I uh, got a third of the votes for the first time, and I thought, well, if I don't make it here, I, I had in my head, I think I'm going to run for Congress. And so that's actually what happened and here I am running for a Congressional seat 46 in Santa Ana, California. That's where I grew up. I went to school there from kindergarten to high school wow. and, uh, you know, so I have a vested interest in seeing uh, an improvement um, at, you know, 67% Latino community there uh-huh. and uh, I am a Latina um, there's not enough uh, conservative voices uh, in the Latino uh, realm, I guess You're I should right. say. And so, you know, but, you know, I don't just represent Latinos. I re- represent all Americans, right. you know, whether we're white, black, Asian, uh, Hispanic. Um, we, we are all one under our, you know, constitution, under our American flag. Um, and oh. so I, uh, yeah, so, you know, the only way that we are going to change things um, for the better is to run for office we, we've got to be the ones in those seats making policy changes yeah um,
2: yeah big you
3: time. know
13: rallies were amazing california you know really surprised the world oh yeah by our amazing beverly hills rallies that i attended and then it, it, it switched over to uh, huntington beach yep. rallies but you know i just think um It just kind of gave us all a voice and it encouraged us all to come out of our homes and to not be afraid anymore. Yeah. And, you know, to respect our flag and to show our patriotism. And, you know, Thomas Jefferson says that when the people fear government, that's tyranny. But when the government fears people, that is liberty. And there's way more of us, the Patriots, 80 million who voted for President Trump, there's way more of us than there are of those few elitists.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the patriotism is lacking, especially now in in just the general community, just because it's being uh, demonized. Anything that is right. pro-America well, that, that's is... That's true. Yeah. They're
13: trying to do that. Well, they, they're trying to do that based on January 6th. Yeah which was an unarmed mob, you know, we were patriots. I don't even like to call it a mob. That's what they like to call us. Right. Um, we were unarmed. We were, there were people, grandmas, uh, and just regular folks in the capital taking photos of the capital they've never seen before. Yeah, they were you know, escorted in. Exactly. Doors were being opened for them by the, uh, is it the police? or? Not, yeah, not the sure.
3: Capitol Police or probably the FBI yeah. agents who were planted well, in there. Exactly. The
13: whole thing was planned. We, we know it was a setup um, on the Democrat side. Um,
0: and well, they wanted, needed the bad publicity to, you know...
13: Right. They, and they're good at labeling and yeah. you know, demonizing, and so that's what happened. And, you know, we as Republicans, we can't be falling for this baloney... You know, this is uh, this is their strategy. And, you know, they want to demonize an unarmed group of patriots, but yet yeah, they're going to do nothing and not prosecute and hold accountable all these Antifa people that have looted, killed, burned, destroyed businesses and whole cities. Where is the investigation for those people? They should be in prison. You know, they should not be weaponizing the IRS, the CIA, the FBI, the TSA, on, and... You know i had a little experience with the tsa recently um they tried to demonize me um, so you
0: got harassed at they, the airport well they
13: gave me four s's on my boarding pass and this was days after i registered as a republican running for congress oh wow and i was on my way to uh, florida to do the i was going to be in the lead boat or i was in the lead boat with uh, uh roger stone was there the trump family was there uh, eric trump was supposed to be there don jr but i think for security reasons they could not be there any mm-hmm. longer uh, but yeah, I got to meet some of the Trump extended family, uh-huh. and so I don't know if it had to do with that, uh, or if it had to do with, it was days after I, you know, registered as a running uh, for Congress, Right. but uh, yeah, so that's what happened, and uh, yeah, they pretty much gave me a hard time, but you know, I thought, you know, I have God on my side,
2: Yes.
13: Uh, I'm not going to allow them, I knew what they were up to, I just knew it, I just handled it with grace, i think told the officers the tsa officers for doing their job i told them why i think this was happening i have flown since january 6th was never on the Capitol steps just uh for your information uh, for those folks out there was never on the Capitol steps but regardless you know we all have our first amendment right to express yes of uh, course you know to gather and to
0: peaceful e- and patriotically
13: exactly and that's what we were there to do
3: yeah that's, a, that's pretty amazing um uh, yeah. we, we want to be able to direct a lot of our listeners, because a lot of our listenership is here in California, um, to learn more about you. Can you tell us where you're at on social media, your website for Congress and stuff like that?
13: Sure. Now, my website is brand new, and I do have someone building it up right now. Okay. So it's, uh, it's pretty basic, but you can find me. Uh, it's TrumanForCongress.com, and that's Truman, like President Truman, T-R-U-M-A-N-F-O-R for Congress.com and so yeah if uh you know if people out there wanted to uh help support people like me that are willing to be on the front lines american first
3: candidate yeah
13: we're walking into uh the lion's den right now you know it's the snake pit i like to call it and you know some of us are called to run i feel called to run and i'm unafraid and i just believe that when god guides god provides and you know he You know uh the democrats like to use fear tactics and all this kind of stuff intimidation tactics but you know greater is he who lives in me than he who is in the world and so you know i I am going to do this unafraid knowing that god is with me i have a host of angels all around me and my family and so you know we got to go for it we we as believers um we cannot be intimidated by the other side this is a spiritual battle we're in Yes. yes It's manifests itself in physical ways that we are watching, but this is a battle of light and darkness, uh, evil and good. You know, We are coming up against demonic spirits, but again, God is greater, yep. and He lives inside of us, so we don't need to have the fear.
3: Well, It's pretty exciting to see you running. I definitely love all the stuff that you're uh, campaigning on, and, and we wish you the best of luck, Thank and you. hope to hear from you again soon. Miss Cece Truman running for Congress, and California District 46. Thanks for coming on Steak for Breakfast. Thank you so much. Thank you.